me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Look around you, that car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream, you did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. On this episode of DC On Screen, Jason Momoa has some stuff to say about the Ray Fisher Justice League investigation. And by that, I mean he stands by Ray, as we and Kiersey Clemens do. We're also talking about the latest Wonder Woman 1984 delay and all the hubbub over the Flash restarting the timeline amidst a pervading mood of meh surrounding Fandom Day 2. Find out what we would have done differently with Fandom. Find out what we hope they do next year. What we thought of James Gunn letting Kevin Feige onto a DC set. And how we answer all sorts of burning questions from you, our devout listeners. It is a thick, marinated good time. And it starts right after... <laughs> this random mystery ad. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 613. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and this, the man who wants to drink urine from the flaccid dick of a drunken old prospector, Jason Goss. What's that sound supposed to be? What happened before the reconstructive surgery? Oh, God. Oh, that's terrible. It was a bad time. It sounds bad. Cost me a lot. Everything I learned, <laughs> everything I earned in that coal mine or whatever mine you just said I was in. I said you were in a coal everything mine. Everything I earned. I said you were drinking piss from the flaccid dick of a drunken old prospector. Okay, prospector. Yeah, I was thinking panhandling of some kind. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> These were hard times. <laughs> My teeth's made of woods. Oh, God. We have a lot to get to. So uh, thank you, Patreon supporters. You're awesome. And uh, if you would like to help support the show in a monetary fashion, $1 a month gets you the normal show ad-free. Eh, that's not bad. And uh, the f- $5 a month gets you uh, I'm that. I'm laughing. It's fine. <laughs> 
I, I just uh, I feel so stupid always saying this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> five dollars a month though gets you the the extra content, the extra shows, Jason's pull list, uh, a warm up, or uh, chasing squirrels whenever we feel squirrely enough to put it up, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> and you'll be helping us out a whole lot. Absolutely. So, yeah. Whatever and, else there may be. Yep. There. Suggestions. Welcome. Sporadic weird stuff i just like two weeks ago put up a compilation of the old witter woman voicemails with a new introduction and outro from the witter women uh ermeline and and myrtle so again this is those people are not us Mm -hmm. no idea where that's coming from it's just we put out a call and hope that i don't know she hears it on whoever's old victrola i can't remember the name of the person that they say but <laughs> Cletus, I maybe either. I just like I just like I think maybe I just like the reference to the vitrol. Well, I'm pretty sure Cletus is three foot tall and has a club foot. That's the that's mm-hmm. the thing right there. All right, there's a Jack Russell next to him. I'm sure. Yeah, probably. And that wasn't necessary. So clear, you can hear the sound of your master's voice. <laughs> I honestly, I think that used to be a tagline. Wow. <sighs> So we're going to start the show this week with uh, a little segment I call WBT, because mm-hmm. um, we spill in it, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some of this we already had. And or then... WB the fuck? <laughs> okay. First of all, let me say, we are going to talk about fandom stuff, because they had day two of fandom. Um, so we're going to talk about that, because that was just on Saturday. But we had a little bit of this, and then right before we recorded... I got a I message like I had already had everything prepped. The show was prepped. I ran to Walmart and I come back. I'm about to hop in the shower and I get a text message or a, a, a Facebook message from Scott over at the DC Film Squadcast. And he's sending me this all this information. It says Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and his tweets from Jason Momoa or, or Instagram posts from Jason Momoa and uh, tweets from Ray Fisher. Now. To be fair, I'm not derelict in my duties. I would have done another final sweep and did do, but before the show, but it was, you know, I'm like, damn it. You know, I take two hours out to go to Walmart Mm -hmm. and all the shit hits the fan. So thank you, Scott, for, for sending me that. It always is, you know, it, it's fine when I find it myself, but it's just so fun to get stuff from him. Sure. (laughs) With, with a tagline that's pretty much good luck guys. (laughs) <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah so anyway uh we're gonna go uh, play frisbee in this minefield Wee! i mean it's not a minefield to me it's not i mean it's pretty obvious what's going on <laughs> oh the obviousness sure the reaction oh man ray fisher he said uh he put out a tweet a little while ago he says uh to date the independent quote-unquote independent firm hired by WB Pictures has conveniently avoided contacting key witnesses who gave damning statements to WBHR. They've also started interviews with and have since ghosted witnesses that have implicated former and current top-level executives. Others, including an implicated individual that called me to apologize, have already been interviewed. We will not let any investigator cherry-pick interviewees that best suit WB pictures, false narrative and scapegoating efforts all with stories will be heard. Now, look, man, I, I know a lot of people are still out there going. Ray Fisher's just mad that, you know, they made him say booyah y'all. 
That ain't what's happening. I'm telling you. No, that's, this is very different. Quit saying that shit with your name attached to it because you're going to look like an asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to age well. It's not. It's going to be bad for you. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> Even in this episode, if you just heard that and said, you know, screw Ray Fisher, that's not true. Just just wait. <laughs> If you're saying that, by the time you've heard this, just just pause. Mm-hmm. Head mm-hmm. back to the internet. Mm-hmm. There's already yeah. some stuff that's out there. Yeah. Now we've Take got a look. We've got head back. Kiersey Clemens. Welcome back, Kiersey Clemens, who was cast by Ray. Uh, was it Ray Famuyiwa? Uh, is that his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, I don't know why I can't remember that his name. That sounds really familiar. But he, I don't know. Famuyiwa was the guy who was directing the Flash movie mm. originally. Yeah. God, that's so long. I want to say his name is not Ray, though. Rick Famuyiwa. Rick Famuyiwa. There you go. Yeah, he did dope. Yeah. So, Rick Famuyiwa. It's it's been, what, three years now? It's been a while. Because they were, it was, well, (laughs) no, it's been more than three years because Rick Famuyiwa was supposed to be having the flash out in 2018. (sighs) The solo flash. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. He cast Kiersey Clemens for, for Iris West. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, she was in Zack Snyder's Justice League and uh, was cut from the theatrical. And she posted a picture of herself from the Snyder Cut trailer where she's on the ground and says, uh, hashtag I stand with Ray Fisher. So there's another there's another person out there saying, hey, this shit went down. Uh, and now this from Jason Momoa today, just like, Good Lord, right before we we casted. This shit has to stop and needs to be looked at. Ray Fisher and everyone else who experienced what happened under the watch of WB Pictures needs proper investigation. I just think it's fucked up that people released a fake Frosty announcement. Remember, guys, the Frosty the Snowman, how they deadline. So we can call that into question now. Deadline reported a Warner Brothers story that or an announcement that Jason Momoa was going to be voicing Frosty the Snowman in a Jeff Johns and John Berg production. And they announced this like an hour after Ray Fisher's initial tweet, mm-hmm. like way back. All right. So Jason Momoa is saying this. He says uh, a fake. They released a fake Frosty announcement without my permission to try to distract from Ray Fisher speaking up about the shitty way we were treated, not Ray, but we were treated on Justice League reshoots. Serious stuff went down. It needs to be investigated and people need to be held accountable. Hashtag I stand with Ray Fisher. Uh, that Man, that's powerful. That's that's more than him p- posting the picture of Ray with the I heart Zack Snyder and saying I stand with Zack Snyder. Uh, oh, sorry, I, I stand with Ray Fisher. This mm-hmm. is just him saying, no, this shit was bad. It happened against all of us. Bad things happened, and we need to get to the, the to the bottom of it. Uh, yeah, this is effectively go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a, a giant, like, extra entree, not a la carte, extra entree helping of when the depositions come, we know who will call me. Yeah, yeah. Ray Fisher says, uh, if you still think Jason playing Frosty was ever a real thing, please wake up. Hopefully now people see the depths 
that some are willing to go to hide the truth. To think they believed my brother would sell out the cast and crew of Justice League for a corncob pipe and a button nose. (laughs) That's funnily written. Good job. It is. It is. And, you know, I... I posted uh, a link to this over on uh, Stranded Panda, our mm-hmm. our buddies over at the Stranded Panda Network, and uh, posted it on our Facebook page. And we got a nice little comment from Matthew West Fox uh, from Superhero Ethics. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm going to write a longer comment about this sometime this week, but I just wanted to say I am so impressed by your coverage of this topic, and it reminds me of what the very best of fan content can look like. Thanks, man. Hell yeah, thanks. That's really nice. But seriously, guys, like we're trying to do our best with the fucked up situation. Absolutely. Um, it really is like we, we, we don't know how to root for sometimes. Like some days are just depressing to look at the news, frankly. But yeah, yeah. Shit, shit. But, you know, there there are people out there who continue to who now think that we're just Zack Snyder and Ray Fisher fanboys who are hating on Jeff Johns. No, go back. What? Six, seven episodes, a little bit more probably now at this point. But, you know, we were in the camp. We, some say, uh, to our detriment, we're Mm -hmm. slow to to jump on the Jeff Johns hate bandwagon. (laughs) But, you know, we won't say too quick. Yeah, some say too quick. We want receipts. And to me, receipts have been shown. Yeah. There was, there's no middle ground where you're winning everyone in that. But, uh, yeah, for, for my money, we, we came slow, but we, we got to the right place eventually. <laughs> it does. Hopefully. sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> shut your face. Shut your whore face. <laughs> now look, no, I, I, I continue to see this narrative being, being crafted by, even in the light of this stuff, uh, I continue to see people who are, you know, very much in the Jeff Johns camp who are saying, well, he understands the characters and, you know, <laughs> he should be doing everything he can to to get his version of the characters on screen. Or, you know, Ray Fisher, I keep seeing this too. Ray Fisher is is being shitty. We, you know. For a variety he, of reasons. He's that ruined all... the Snyder Cut for us. Like everyone was united. No one has, uh, no, no one in the DC fandom has ever been united about anything. Like, (laughs) (laughs) even calling it DC, some people point out that it's redundant, like a time machine. Right. And you know, I, I, from square one, day one, no, we weren't all on the same page. I'm sorry. And that, look, it's not, that is not necessarily, a dig on DC either. It's just that DC comics has been around for over 80 years mm-hmm. and anything that has so many stuff that's been around for longer. Right. And every, like every company, every set of IPs, you know, that has been around for nearly a century mm-hmm. is going to have so many different factions of fandom who prefer certain things mm-hmm. that you're never going to have a united fandom. It's just, you're just, it's just not going to happen. If we've learned anything over the last five years. It's mm-hmm. that. And look, man, I'm not saying that Jeff Johns is not a good writer. We just gave star girl a glowing review, even though we think Jeff Johns is a piece of shit now. Yeah, dude. I'm I, three jokers was great. It sucks. I don't even, great. I don't even like thinking that at this point, but it was pretty fucking great. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed reading it. Yeah. It makes me feel bad. 
to it, think I want to read that. Yeah, it's look, it's putting its all in some fucked up positions. Yes, um, it has. Like some of the people uh, producing, executing, uh, spending the fucking money are a. It turns out, pile of shit. Um, that, that's it's, it's something we kind of all know. To some extent, we're just getting more specific about it now. Mm-hmm. And with Jeff Johns, yeah, man, I mean, shit, yeah, he knows the characters. And I say that with heavy quotations. Because anyone's definition of knowing the character really just means this is the version of the character that that I uh, am willing to validate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he knows many versions of a character. He's Look, if you go with just DCIQ, Jeff Johns is pretty fucking high. And you know Dude what? Dude knows the universe. You know, he has a lot of that IQ because he created so much of it. <laughs> Some of it's just straight whole cloth. Yeah. Um, and it stuck because it was, let's face it, a lot of it pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's going to have to be some version of uh, separation of artist and material that we all just eventually have to cope with. Uh, I'm, I'm learning this as I go. I'm, yeah. You know, we, we've discussed this in the last few weeks. Like, there is eventually just going to be a version of like, look. I don't know about the guy, but that's the, but the, the, this is pretty good. We 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 can you know we can appreciate the fact that this is good, or mm-hmm. you know shit on the fact that it's bad. Um, the same way, like let, a, a more ethereal version. Grant Morrison, I love the guy. Uh, he's also a bit of a quack. I mean, uh, yep. the the dude uh, uh, performs sorcery to fight Alan Moore's snake god. <laughs> I love that they both think that the other one's a fake. And a, it's and a one of my favorite parts of this battle. <laughs> like Alan, <laughs> Alan Moore and Grant Morrison are just sitting around talking about how the other one's a charlatan. <laughs> I, yes. I, I I don't know what to do with that. And, and you know, uh, you know, could uh, Grant and I have a beer? Probably. I think he'd probably be able to drink me out of the table. He's got the genealogy for it. Well, you have a pa- you have a diploma in parapsychology now. So. Yeah, we can investigate this. Um, right. <laughs> no, I don't. I actually don't have an, uh, a diploma in uh, investigation of the paranormal. I need to get that. Oh, okay. Uh, to further my education. Fair enough. But, we, you know. It, you Grant, get that copy seems... of Tobin's Spirit Guide, man. Grant, I'm not getting that. That's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Point is, like Grant, he's as as a guy, he's probably he's probably a bloke I'd love to spend some time with. Is my point. Mm-hmm. Now, is he a, a bit odd to me? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what to do with the actual witchcraft part of his personality. I I would be a little bit lost for words. I like. I, he's he's said before that he uh, this was in his book Super Gods that he had. I think. Um, that he had uh, written a song with John Lennon because he had, uh, uh, you know, in kind of the medium seance uh, format, kind of found him and found his spirit and written a song with him. I want to hear that song. Of course sure. I want to hear that song. Sounds great. I know he's a big Beatles fan. But best case scenario, uh, he he actually did, I guess. Uh, worst case scenario, he just wrote a song that sounded like something Lennon might have written. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the one that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I kind of want to hear it, hang out, talk about it, chill, learn the song, right. play with him, whatever. Right. But, you know, as a writer, separating the, the guy <laughs> who's clearly interesting but has has some, you know, spikes to him, some some stuff that's like, I don't know what to do with that. Um, you know, his writing, yeah, th- that separately even, some of that is just groundbreaking. 
Um, it, it, you know, the, the Kevin Smith thing about adds new spokes to the wheel, like some stuff that we'll never forget because we mm-hmm. shouldn't. And some stuff that's just, I don't know what to do with that. We there's, should push it under rug. There was a great bit where like, if you're, if you're recalling Fat Man on Batman, Grant Morrison like blew Kevin Smith's mind by saying that, uh, killing joke was Alan Moore's killing joke was supposed to be outside of the continuity because Batman kills the Joker at the end because he's Joker's laughing and then Batman's and then laughing. And the laughter stops. And then he, you see him like thrust forward with his hands around what appears to be around Joker's neck and then the laughter stops. Yeah. And Kevin Smith was like, holy shit, he did. He killed the Joker. All right. And then like, I think some sometime later, Alan Moore refuted that. And he was like, no, he didn't kill him. And I can't help but wonder, like, did he really not kill him, Alan? Or did you just hear that Grant said it and you were like, mm, no. No, that guy. <laughs> I will defy him because of my snake god. Or because of the fact that I think he's an equal and opposite kind of writer in some ways and I just want to be arbitrary. I don't know. God, I don't know. I would love to have some time to figure that shit out. <laughs> To sit those two in a room together with, I guess, a series of tranquilizer darts would be a dream. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'd be house uh, on serious earths, but with those two. <laughs> did, you, did you ever see uh, Tim Daler, uh, Tim Daly's YouTube show, uh, The Daily mm-hmm. Show, where he yep. and he had that great bit where he was uh, pretending to be Superman in his bedroom, mm-hmm. and his son gets worried and calls. Nathan Fillion and Nathan mm-hmm. Fillion was like, I've got this. Let me go. Ch-. He's like, whatever you hear, don't go in the room. And he goes <laughs> in the room and then the son keeps hearing like whooshing noises and weird. He opens the door and it's just like both of them spread out on the bed. Like they're flying. Yes. <laughs> That's what I imagine it would be. If what you put Alan Moore and Grant Morrison in a room together there, but except instead of pretending to be flying, they're pretending to be Dr. Strange. And they're just like doing weird hand symbols at each other and going, whoosh. Whoosh, you know. <laughs> <It's>, <sighs> I unlock the seal of the blah, you know. You know what's really fucked up is I'm actually going to defend him a little bit and say, like, it's not that simple. <laughs> I'm sure. What they're. Oh, I'm sure they've concocted several what they're ridiculous, to do is, complicated is things. More ritualistic and, and has to do with uh, very different spaces entirely. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they would be able to have like a Doctor Strange uh, battle. Uh, oh, no. You, as you, much you, as I would love to see it. No, I don't think they are able to. <laughs> You're right. Bad phrasing. I don't think even if we saw them try to, <laughs> it would appear that way. <laughs> In their version of events, it would be more like, you know, go fuck yourself. Ah, go fuck yourself. And then they would just... Uh, wander in different rooms and and perform something yeah and uh, one of them is quietly stripping the hair off of a rabbit's foot and <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> they, they, yeah it, the one stroking a scaled ring that of, represents his snake god and it's a whole thing i don't know what amount of money i would be prepared to spend uh to to see a lot of things but uh, to see those two uh, battle it off in a primordial magical battle. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know the number on that. I would spend a lot of money. Yeah, just bottom line, lots of money. I would for much, the ability to go ask questions later. Oh, so right. much more money. I would much rather just say, "How about this, guys? Instead of you doing your little spells, 
Mm-hmm. You guys have a good old-fashioned write-off. Now, quick, be- <laughs> write your best Superman stories. I, I'm imagining them at this point both looking at you and saying, go fuck yourself. We already did that. <laughs> you know what? You're right. My bad. Sorry. I'll see myself out. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. You're right. In which case, Sorry, I, uh, I proclaim. Uh, I forgot my- you're on. Both of you are on the Mount Rushmore of DC, and uh, yeah. that's my bad. That's really my bad. I, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna go uh, delete all of my accounts. Thank you very oh, much. Oh no, Thanks. no, Sorry. no accounts deleted. I'm saying yes. You're right. You're absolutely, completely correct. Mm-hmm. I declare myself the winner. I have all of your works at home. I will mm-hmm. now go read them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and become stronger. Than both of you. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway, so um, that, uh, on the fandom, they had uh, the fandom, they had like desktop and phone wallpapers that were available. Uh-huh. And on the Snyder Cut ones, it said Justice League Director's Cut. So some are surmising that may have been the first official reveal of the. Uh, official title of, of the Snyder cut <laughs> though. I've seen a couple of different ones now that purport to be official. Yeah. I think it's more just a lot of misguided. Uh, we don't know execution. Yet. I feel like they would have announced it though. That's you know? kind of what I'm saying. Like you, you release like a wallpaper named a certain way that somebody grabs a file for and puts it on a website for, mm-hmm. there's just, there are a lot of things. Something has to go through. <laughs> um, the the idea that some of that could just be a misnomer or a mistake or whatever. It could be. It, I wouldn't I, freak out yet. I don't feel like fandom, though successful, I don't feel like fandom has been spectacularly uh, organized in any <laughs> feasible I, way. I mean, like I'm not going to just know. buy into anything that's just there. Well, for all I know, an way. intern grabbed a thing from the wrong file and threw it up. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's my criticism. Um, but when you say spectacularly organized, I, w- I actually do want to give them credit for being pretty fucking well organized as an event. Mm-hmm. But some of the fine points like that, how something got named, yeah, dude, that could have just been a ball drop somewhere and Zack Snyder, director cut, or Justice League director cut, whatever. Yeah. That don't don't get too into that interpretation or uh, piece either way right now. Right. Give that, give it a fucking minute, as we say. By the way, I, I wish they had actually said what this was going to be initially, because I would have listened to it a lot quicker. But Junkie XL previewed part of the just the his Justice League uh, Justice League theme mm-hmm. at Fandom. I heard it that. was like something like behind the music or something, and I'm like, oh, you know, that's fine. I don't want to hear a bunch of Hans Zimmer right now. I'm good. So I like went on to other <laughs> things, and then it turned out all it was was like a two minute bit of him just pre- previewing it's Justice just two League. Two minutes of here's what I have so far, like, and then know. him like. It was interesting to see, like, it, it looks like him scrolling through what I think is maybe Pro Tools um, mm-hmm. or another fucking, uh, some of the high-end ones all, I don't know, man. <laughs> the one I'm familiar with at all is Pro Tools. So, like, going back and forth, like, you could see him scrolling through and there'd just be blocks of, uh, of you know, files. All right, so blocks of files, it, you know, like, if you see six or eight files all together, it means mm-hmm. you're, like, reusing the same sound over and over to make it. Uh, it's either an original file, like could be a timpani drum that you're using a couple times or whatever, or the chorus that you hear in that song. Mm-hmm. It was actually really interesting to watch him scroll up and down. Like they, it, he's, it's, it sounded great. And he's definitely spent some time on that thing. Mm-hmm. I would assume so. 
I kind of enjoyed seeing the nuts and bolts a little bit. This sounds great. I'm yeah. Oh it would God. correct me up if later he was like, "Yeah, that was just like a Green Day song." Okay, <laughs> you um, got me. You got me. I can't mm-hmm. tell watching a fucking weight file. I'm like, mm, I do like Dookie. Hmm. Um, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 has been delayed again. Now it's delayed until Christmas. Hmm. So, um, congratulations, guys. Gals, everyone listening, uh, I will not be, uh, we won't be reviewing this on opening day, like right. the first time ever. I just don't see how it's possible on that actual release date. No. No. I'm I'll not... also just be surprised if it's that release date. Um, well, yeah, if it's even that release date, but I'm not going to be around for that shit. I got no. stuff to do on Christmas. My Christmas yeah, is that's... all booked up. <laughs> I don't have enough time from work to be able to be like, sorry, two families worth of people. I just can't make it. I have to do this thing. I just don't have that luxury in my life. Yeah. And for me, it's like, <clears throat> hey, we're doing Christmas at, you know, two different people's houses that are like 100 miles away from each other. Mm-hmm. And then we come home for a day and then I'm out of town for like a week yeah. with other family. So, no. That's a that's a negative. I would be surprised if it hits for two reasons. One, we'll see where this goes. And two, that's like a week after, what is it, Dune is supposed to hit? Yeah, that's... that's By the uh, way, Dune, Dune is one of those things where like I saw the trailer. I've never read the book. Um, I've seen the original film. I haven't I, read the book. I have not seen the original film. I've seen trailers for the original film and thought, oh, hey, there's Patrick Stewart. Anyway, <laughs> on with my life. <laughs> I, I saw a fat guy with boils laughing about spice and I'm like, mm, I'm good. But, Fair. Yeah. Um, I actually did enjoy the sci-fi channel miniseries and mm-hmm. have a copy of that on my wall. But um, yeah, saw the trailer, thought it looked great. Loved the Pink Floyd they used in the trailer. Thought it was well, really well done. I showed it to my wife. She's like, oh, that looks awesome. Like, yeah, it does. Uh, it will not make money. <laughs> it's too out there it's too <clears throat> weird it doesn't like the professional Dune, analysis will not make money yeah like if it does hey good on you god bless i don't believe it'll make money that's some jupiter ascending shit that's some you know blade runner 2045 2049 whatever the hell that was <laughs> they don't go <laughs> people 49. don't go in for this shit i don't know i've got it on my no, wall i haven't read it i mean i haven't watched it yet we're gonna God, I could be entirely wrong about that, and I wouldn't know. Um, I I guess we're going to find out how many people will just go to the theater for a book they've read. Mm-hmm. That got, I I think, a fair take a couple times, but not, you know, the so-called uh, Nolan treatment. Right. And, you know, I, I the excitement on my timelines are, uh, are no indication because the people I follow, the, my mutuals, man, they're all like me. Like... <laughs> And they're like, yeah, I'll give some sci-fi, some, you know, random ass sci-fi a good a chance. You know, I, people I follow talk about Valerian like it was a good movie. <laughs> I have no idea, but <clears throat> I, I've heard about that corner. It was not a good movie, but I wanted it to be. It was like, it was so pretty and had so much, uh, it's one of the, here's the thing about Valerian. <laughs> it was not good. There's okay. an alternate version of this conversation where I say, here's the thing about Hitchhiker's Gut. Right. <laughs> it was not a good movie, but it's it's kind of where it went. Yeah, Hitchhiker's Gut was not a good movie. <laughs> I wanted Shut it up, to be. I up, wanted you. it to be. I legitimately wanted it to be. But yeah, Valerian was not a good movie. Uh, 
I was fine with some of it, but it wasn't good. Like mm-hmm. it was pretty and I loved the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I love the promise of it. Mm. Yeah, you that's know, fair. it, uh, I love the idea of it. And I, Dude, that's a lot of sci-fi. It's just the promise of a, of a, you know, world to build. Right. And you know, the thing about it is I like Luke Besson as a, as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, even for the movies I don't like of his, like Lucy, I didn't like that movie. I thought it was shit, but it was pretty. And I guess I, the trailer looked pretty. The premise, uh, I was out immediately. Right, right. My, the premise was my biggest problem, and the third act was just a mess. But I still Sounds wanted, right. I still wanted him to do well. Like I still was, I was still rooting for Luke. <laughs> so yeah, like, I get it. He was when he was a kid. He was really into the Valerian comics, the old like Valerian comics. And I really wanted him. Like, he fought, he used his own money to make Valerian. So I really wanted it to be successful. Cause I really wanted to see more stories in that universe from him. And as far as I know, I, I last I heard, he was still planning on doing this more, but I would, I would watch more. Mm-hmm. I would probably yawn and roll my eyes before watching it, but I still would try to support that. <laughs> But you're still on board, roughly. I'm still on board. I still like the idea of it. All right. I I get it. So a lot of original sci-fi is like that for me, where I'm like, yes, I know, like, I might love it. I might hate it. But God, it would be really cool if this could be. It would be really cool if this Dune, because it looks fantastic. It really does. It looks solid. It would be great if this could be the new Lord of the Rings, you know, and, and, and really introduce a new uh, I say new, but uh, like a new like cinematic sci-fi universe that people can enjoy. And uh, they could do Children of Dune and all the sequels that Herbert did. Yeah. Uh, but I doubt it. I don't think it'll happen. But no, I don't believe Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> all that to say. I don't. I don't. <laughs> just don't know if it's going to be on Christmas. I don't. And, you know, Patty said her bullshit and she's like, yeah, we put in the holiday. No, I don't care. I don't. I don't. The third time is the deal breaker for me. I don't give a shit what, what weird PR horseshit you say about come. Oh, it's going to like whatever. So I don't even know what she said. I, <clears throat> I read it and just rolled my eyes and moved on. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, holiday season. But it's not coming out. Hold on, hold on. on. I got curious, so I I looked up a couple Uh quotes for exactly this purpose. Hmm. Um, All right, so roughly, you've also seen the thing where it was the, there's a a trend going around right now where people say, yeah, this should have been released in 2019. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Um, probably, I don't know. I don't, I've probably blocked those people. I don't know. I'm I'm so tired. (laughs) <laughs> I, and to some extent i do completely get it uh, to on the other hand the the movie was going to be released before like literally before covid had developed mm-hmm. like putting aside any disputes you have with uh any any data we got from china putting any of that aside right it is extremely likely that this did not develop until literally after some decisions were made mm-hmm. um so when initially when it was put that hey we should move this November twenty nineteen wasn't that the original yeah uh, November first twenty nineteen was that's what we're looking for no I think it was 
October of 2018. October of 2018? Yeah. It'd be like... Because by Christmas, it'll have... It was supposed to have been November of 2018. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that... that... Yeah, to November of 2018. And then because by Christmas, it'll have been in the can for two years. Yeah, that was a that was a fly-by-night date. Um, also, all right, here's here's the whole reason to bring this up, is the... The idea that it was that it was in the can, and the only thing I'm, I'm I have objection to is the idea that uh, this was just sitting there. They chose not to release it, and part of me is just a little bit annoyed that there isn't some um, I don't know some admission that look, dude, we didn't know what the hell 2020 had in store for us. Mm-hmm. We initially pushing it back to June seemed like an okay idea. Mm-hmm. It was never actually going to, it was just really never going to work out that way. Yeah. But um, they asked, uh, yeah, Charles Roven. Uh, we all wanted the date that we are on right now. Uh, the studios uh, felt that until their slate for the year before it came together, that they needed to have a big, what I call, aircraft carrier, a temple in 2019. Um, explained initially to uh, Collider. We had a very rushed pre-production because Patty also did uh, the I'm the Night thing with uh, Chris Pine. I'm in parentheses now. And we had a very rushed post-production schedule in order to make the date that we were going on, which was November 1st, 2019. We were doing it because the studio said they really needed it. And then at a certain point they came to us and said, you know what? You guys are right. Let's get back to the month and that uh, the month that you guys released Wonder Woman 1 and, and take it, you know, the extra time. Same reason we had when the time came, when everyone was a little more hopeful about, hey, we're going to get this reined in over the summer. Uh, we had Super Bowl ads for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You don't spend that fucking money without some realistic expectations. Super Bowl ads cost money, like millions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... The whole point is, it, like, you just, it's, it's, it's a lot to expect that movie to have come out when it did, when at the time, apparently, the concerns uh, were around, like, the post and pre-production, and that being a little bit brushed in pre-production, and then, if it was, then you have to make up for that in post-production. Mm-hmm. It got pushed back for a reason. What happened afterwards was fucking 2020 and COVID. Yeah. That shit got crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, none of us saw this coming. So yes, yeah. Now I'm 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 as mad as anybody else that it's coming out in December, which I don't think it will. I don't either. This I, shit, this shit is like Tom Schiller's Nothing Lasts Forever, man. <laughs> they should have picked the same date in June, the same one they were so happy to have uh, deferred to at the time, and released it on video on demand, man. Like it, explore a new concept. Yeah, like the movie made all of the money before. Let it do the same thing. I'm gonna rewatch it a few times. I'll be happy to. I'll maybe rent it twice if you don't let me buy it fast enough. Yep. There is plenty to explore with actually like a new uh, a new release platform, but keeping in keeping it in the studio uh, movie theater thing like it is, it's just not. Nope. I mean, fine, do what you want. I, I I'm I'm telling you though, you release it at Christmas, and this is you know this is not fan entitlement. This is me saying I'm an adult with responsibilities. Christmas is the literal worst time for you to put this out for me. There are Christmas films, and they have made their money for various purposes. Yes, but even if you're if you're discounting the 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 very real notion that COVID is still going to be around, yeah. Uh, even if you pretend that crowd control isn't going to be a thing at all, and that nobody's going to be concerned when they just walk into a random theater with a bunch of people, yeah, even mean, if you took all that to the side. Tenet just you would still be releasing it, uh, releasing it right after Dune on Christmas. Yeah, and Tenet just film. made two hundred million. 
worldwide. Like it's made yeah. like 20 million US. Like that's shit for a Christopher Nolan movie. It is I, not enough. I do not like Christopher Nolan. I understand. And I'm not saying like people, and I'm sure somebody out there has just said, you just shit on Christopher Nolan last week. That's right. But the whole no, world. No, I'm sure that's a the fuck whole, yourself thing. Yeah. But. The whole world loves Christopher Nolan though. Like <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with the world. Okay. I agree with you, but I do also realize that that is a choice that we have. Uh, what well, not even choice? A, a decision that we have kind of come to. Yeah, he's just not our our, our flavor, man, and it's right. fine. But a lot of people like this director and his product, and mm-hmm. to have put it out and gotten this response is not indicative of the movie itself. It may be fantastic. It may be the movie that when I see it, I think, you know what? I was wrong. I like this guy. I don't fucking know yet. The reason I don't know yet is because I'm not going. I'm not going to a goddamn theater to see it. Not you, yet. Well, you liked Memento, right? Memento. <sighs> yeah, at the time. At the time, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it in. Oh God, what's it been now? I don't I haven't know. Seen that movie in 16 years. I'm just trying to think of something you liked by him other than Dark. Maybe Knight. Maybe 17 years. We liked Batman Begins and Dark Knight, but the third one ruins it in retrospect in a lot of ways for me. But yeah, that that was. You know. Yeah, now We've done our share of bitching about that. I know. And would, on cue, if someone asked. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Until they ask, I guess we'll just table it. <laughs> Not only that, I would stand on top of John DeLancey and complain about the movie. Mm, Literally, on cue. <laughs> <laughs> and he would just look up at you. Why? <laughs> All right, so uh, who knows, man? Maybe we'll get it then. Maybe, uh, maybe at the, after the first of the year, y'all get a <laughs> a review from us. Maybe we'll have hit it up during a matinee or something, so we wouldn't have to be sitting next to a bunch of coughing assholes who refuse to wear a mask. Honestly, if I if it gets released on that schedule, all things according to plan, maybe I get to see it like over New Year's. Maybe, but I doubt it. Yeah, dude, my hair is eight inches long right now. Mm-hmm. It's not an exaggeration. I can almost donate my hair. Yeah. Just just take a freaking electric razor and cut it short, man. I have them. But if we're if we're keeping it this way, I have long, voluminous hair. I might as well keep going and donating. I mean, all right. There's plenty of it. <laughs> Point is, I haven't thought it was worth the the trouble and the extra risk for me personally to have just bothered going to get a haircut right now. Mm-hmm. Why would this be so much different for me? It's not. I'm sorry. I loved the first movie. I really did. And I, my adoration for Gal Gadot in this in this role is uh, boundless. Just absolutely boundless. They, you know, they released a uh, they released this little like, and I've heard a lot of shit about it too. Um, they released this advertisement of her beating a guy in the mall, and she grabs him by the leg and holds him up, and then like winks at the camera. Mm-hmm. And that wink, I, you know, I've seen some people being like, oh, people are mad about the wink now. That's stupid. Nah, it looks bad. Um, <laughs> the wink looks cheesy as shit, honestly. But, and I don't know what the context is, so I'll reserve judgment. But she leaps off and they're in, into like the 84 days and uh, to 84, you know. And um, at this point, though, like any anything I'm seeing for it, any advertisement I'm seeing for Wonder Woman 1984 I feel the exact same way I do when I used to, or I did when I used to see the Batman OnStar commercials. 
<laughs> where I'm just like, ooh, and then I go, oh, that's just not real. <laughs> they, who was it? Somebody recently had uh, Kevin Conroy as the the voice for OnStar. I want to say no, it was Ways. The Ways, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Yeah. All right. So, because <laughs> you thought about it for half a second, and then you're like, "Fuck that! It's a limited time." Yeah, absolutely. Because that was my that was my thought pattern. It was like, "Okay, I've had all these problems with ways in the past, but maybe I'll oh, nope, 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 nope." I'll I'll do with a lot of bullshit for Kevin Conroy's voice, but if it's only going to be for a limited time, nah, who cares? Yeah, similar experience with that by the way did you did you just hear uh kevin conroy come out and in the in full batman voice demand that the joel schumacher cut be released for batman forever no but bless him (laughs) all right uh jay scotty st Clair, one of our dear friends and listeners said i'd prefer not to see any more wonder woman 1984 after the last trailer, but given the delay, an additional trailer may be in the works. However, I'd expect a longer look at Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, to come first and foremost. What do you think about that? I I was curious. Like, I, I didn't read it that way, but I think another comment did that he wasn't excited about 84. Um, <laughs> but I also, the way I originally read it was, I'm good here. I'll just see the movie. You don't have to show me anything else. And I'd actually prefer if you didn't. Yep. Uh, because even in the DCEU, we've had stuff where it was like, you know what? I would rather have found out about that in the theater. Actually, you know, I think that might be a reply to a, another thing he said. Oh, yeah. He said, seeing how we didn't get any new film trailers this time around, not complaining, just an observation. Which up, which upcoming property do you think we will see a trailer for next? When might we see it? And what do you want to see included? In, uh, what do you want to see included? Um, yeah, I think that was a response to his own text. To his own tweet. <laughs> God. No, the answer to what I think we might see next is, for me, the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's what I would think. The Suicide Squad seems to be the furthest along. And uh, the more... the I know they've been working on post for that for forever. I mean, I do think we'll see more another Wonder Woman trailer before uh, the su- uh, a proper Suicide Squad trailer. But I, I think we'll see another Wonder Woman trailer and then probably another Zack Snyder justice league trailer before we see the suicide squad honestly i don't know i to me i have it the other way around like they i think we've seen as much of wonder woman as they can show us uh without at this point just showing me five minutes of the film like Mm -hmm. at this point just give me a a glimpse of the actual thing Uh, as far as trailers go the suicide squad and uh snyder cut are yeah the heavy favorites for me Mm mm-hmm Okay, let's let's move on to the Suicide Squad. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a little bit here. Uh, Margot Robbie said that there is an insane Harley Quinn sequence. She says, "I don't want to give it away." That she was asked what the toughest scene was was to film uh, during the Fandom Q and A, and she says, "I don't want to give it away." When you watch the movie, it's probably about halfway through. There's an insane sequence that Harley does, which was one of the most difficult things I've ever shot on screen, and we shot it in like four days. And I remember looking at the schedule and being like, "Oh my god." We're not going to be able to do this. <laughs> this is going to be impossible. And we did it, but it was hard. And I was beat up by the end of it, like really beat up. But James was actually just texting me before. And he said, that scene looks amazing. That whole sequence apparently looks really cool. So when you see the movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that feels right. 
I'm down, man. I'm I'm excited. That does. People have spoken volumes about uh, Robbie's stunt work effectively or not even stunt work she has an actual stunt person who Mm -hmm. should get their own credit but uh the amount of work she's put into learning how to physically do these roles is Mm -hmm. growing to be a bit of legend by itself yeah uh now this was uh, a bit of news that i wasn't going to include initially but we've always said if you guys being the listeners uh wanted us to talk about something and we didn't talk about it Ask us about it, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. it. And John Hazelton over on Twitter, man, he cut us off at the past because I wasn't going to talk about this shit, and he is outright axed. <laughs> he, he was just like, oh, no, you don't. What, what would are, we have rather avoided? <laughs> what are your thoughts on Gunn having Feige visit the set of the Suicide Squad? Mm, okay, I saw some kerfuffle. What was the kerfuffle? Did you get to look into it? Uh, so... I know we got to visit, but that's really all I know. Yeah. James Gunn said, uh, I told Kevin Feige before I took the job on the Suicide Squad, and he was very cool and supportive as he always is. James Gunn told a fan, because he was doing like a little Q&A, and uh, he says he just uh, wanted me to make a good movie. He and Lou uh, Desposito even came to the visit, uh, sorry, even came to visit the set and watched us shoot. Uh, there isn't the in, uh, enmity behind the scenes like there is, uh, like there is in the fan community. It's just James Gunn pounding that same old drum that you know, and I I agree. I uh, I don't know what the fan issue is with it. Uh, I know uh, a lot of people are pointing out that just like Jeff Johns, um, that, Kevin, Kevin Feige that, always that wears thing a ball you're cap. Stepping around is the the fan issue. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. It's, that's the uh-huh that's the thing uh-huh that's the plot thickening. Look, man there's more than surmountable surmountable evidence that jeff johns may have leaked something out to kevin feige and about bvs and various other movies Zack snyder was planning which may have resulted in certain gigantic two billion dollar movies you know being made a certain way <laughs> look man this shit's not gonna happen on set though like james gunn was making a movie kevin feige was there for a minute you know it, <laughs> if anything like untoward was happening you know james gunn would would have sent kevin feige the thing probably from jeff john's office <laughs> <laughs> um i I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't care that Kevin Feige was there. The two things you're pointing out are, I think, some of the most uh, relevant. One, one of these things does not necessarily have to be like the other. And two, uh, in some ways, they are substantially not. Mm -hmm. So Jeff Johns, snake in the grass uh, narrative, which... Snake in the hat. Snake in the hat narrative. What I keep seeing. And as a person who wears a ball cap, I am just thoroughly annoyed by all these people saying, he wears a ball cap. That means he's a... No. I I am a balding middle-aged man who very much finds comfort in wearing a hat. Yes, that means I'm I'm hiding something. My hair loss. (laughs) I'm a a little torn. I have been in a cap for longer than I would have liked in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. On the other hand... My hair parts the wrong way. I have a villain's part. So uh, I, I've i worn one sometimes when I, I maybe didn't have to, but 
I don't know how many times I've ever seen you really without a hat on. Yeah, like that would be, I, I could see that hitting for you. Yeah, it's bothersome. I get it. Um, but even that version of events, which, uh, you know, for for our intents, uh, I, we, we believe is true based on what we're hearing. Yeah. But that is very different from somebody that's as big as Feige visiting the set. Like that's what we're talking about with, Jeff Johns is an undocumented event that needs investigation. What we're talking mm-hmm. about with Fe- Feige is, dude, people had selfies. Right. <laughs> like, they, those are very different things, and one does not exclude the other. But, you know, a lot of the people who are f- having issues with this are the same people who are, you know, uh, furious over the fact that James Gunn was even hired by Warner Brothers in the first place, and they don't want James Gunn on... There's some of that. There's also just some people that don't like the narrative that Johns was involved in a certain way. Like I've uh, even even people who believe that Johns was uh, you know kind of being a fuck all to some extent don't believe this part of it. And while that is, I admit the I don't know the least readily provable part. Um, it 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 still is it even that is very different from what we saw. Mm-hmm. And proof of one does not exclude proof of the other. It's not, those aren't, they're not, I don't know, parallel events. Mm-hmm. So one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> so I I don't personally care that Kevin Feige was on the set of the Suicide Squad. Um, I understand he's like best friends with Jeff Johns and they were college roommates and they both hung out with Dick Donner and they, you know, were, were twin protégés under Dick Donner. I, I don't care. Uh, Kevin Feige, to my knowledge, has never personally done anything that, you know, bothered me. I mean, granted, we said that about certain individuals months ago. and we've That's been true. Show me the receipts. Two as point, always. As of now. We have not heard exactly that about Feige. And if so, right. I will happily admit, admit that we've heard new information. Yeah. And if, you know, you're one of these cats who are just like, Feige does to Marvel the same thing Jaws was trying to do to Warner Brothers. Uh, hey, look, here's the thing. They have never made any bones about it. The Marvel Universe is shepherded by Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. All right. Warner Brothers says that they are a, you know, filmmaker's studio. Like They say, oh, the filmmakers are in charge. Bullshit. They lied about that shit. <laughs> Kevin Feige. to be our tour driven, but no. Kevin Feige brings all tour directors in and says, all right, I tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and people at Edgar Wright step sideways and say, no, I would rather not. Thank you. Right. So, you know, I, I expect a certain thing from Marvel studios, like Marvel studios shoots everything on a green screen and then just kind of completely changes whatever the narrative is of the movie, depending on, you know, committee. <laughs> it's been proven over and over again. It, yeah. Um, Warner Brothers and DC has a little bit of, I mean, God help them. They tried with Justice League, but that didn't turn out well. <laughs> they tried to do it that way. Even parts of BBS. And they really did that half-assed. So, uh, yeah. Moving along, I, I don't know <laughs> what all to say. I don't, I don't One know. last disclaimer to say, we're not even mocking what MCU's put out. I've enjoyed the shit out of it. But Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I don't care. Has it been shot a lot in green screen and, and developed as they go? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that yeah. a bad thing? Not necessarily. Yeah. 
was it a bad thing to tell us that WB was or Warner Brothers was going to be making our two driven blah 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 blah, and then giving us what you got instead? Yeah, that worked out poorly. Yes, hence the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Hence, <laughs> we all got here for a reason, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this was not this was not a fly by night operation. There were there was blood and sweat, man. I mean, not even from us, other people, but yeah, Jesus. So We're here uh, for a reason. I've had some blood and sweat there, guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at the fan dome there, the uh, Shazam Q&A, um, Sandberg said, I can't really talk about villains or a villain for mm-hmm. this for Shazam Fury of the Gods, but I think a lot of people will be surprised. It's going to be a little unexpected, which tells me it's not going to be Mr. Mind. Yeah, because that would literally be expected. That would be literally expected, yes. Yeah. I want Mr. Mind. I was pretty excited about that when I saw it. I yeah. am very excited about Mr. Mind. I was a little disappointed to see that that revelation. Yeah. Um, now, if they did something, if they saved Mr. Mind in Savannah for, you know, a, the third movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I thought they were going to do Black Adam then. Black Adam is, and actually Black Adam's, uh, I, I love the logo enough. That was one of the shirts I bought. Mm-hmm. It was a Black Adam shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep pouncing on this idea that Black Adam is going to kind of rewrite the the hierarchy of the universe. They say that, but, you know. I know, but I'm kind of rooting for it. Okay. I know. Shut your face, Dave. I want this. <laughs> kind of all sounds right. fun in a way. Yeah, and of all people to be led so. by, like, I mean, I'm a big fan of Dwayne Johnson. I've, I've right. loved I that guy you. for 20 years. Um, and on top of that, like, there are other people you could use. You know who I want for this this film, Fury of the Gods? Has nothing to do with the gods, really. Uh-huh. I, Amazo. Sounds fantastic. Okay. Y- you can make him do anything. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> you sound like a, whatever you need to do. You sound like a used car salesman as portrayed by Norm MacDonald. <laughs> as portrayed by Norm MacDonald portraying Burt Reynolds. Like, you want to uh, want for uh, Fury of the Gods there? Amazo. All right. He can do anything. <laughs> Bone ape tit. You, uh, I won't try to do that version. I will try to sell it as best I can. Hey, you know what you need for this film? You need a Mazo. Who's the buy? Is it a matter? It can be by Mr. Mind. It doesn't matter it's by. The, the point is, <laughs> what do you need him to do? Well, okay. Well, I just, I, uh, we've got a bunch of leaguers. Uh, leaguers? Fucking leaguers? All you're worried about is leaguers? God damn your leaguers. Fucking, we get, it's a Mazo. I can have. Do you want to be Superman? You can be Superman. You, you want to be, be Superman like, next? You want to be Flash next? Fucking Flash. Okay. Yeah, the guy who can beat him a race. Fucking Flash. Now I don't care. What do you want him to do? Who, who do you want him to fight? Who do you want? Batman. Okay. Well, there's my problem. Mm-hmm. You know, my favorite version of Amazo was like they were all fighting Amazo, and they just kept pouring more Justice Leaguers into it, and then like they were like, "Oh wait, he's programmed to emulate any Justice Leaguer." And then Superman just disbanded the league, just like yelled out, "We're I'm officially disbanding the Justice League," <laughs> and Amazo was just like shut down, <laughs> <laughs> just defeated by bureaucracy. <laughs> it was so dumb, but it made me laugh. Still, my favorite version of Amazo was just like, oh, "Okay, all right, you can mimic any power." Hey, Batman. <clears throat> no, no. See, my favorite version of Amazo. My favorite version of Amazo. He's like, cool, like, I've got this under control. Where you're just like, ah, we're going to get Amazo. And then it's just a boat on Arrow. <laughs> oh, those were dark days. 
You're just like, ah, oh, yeah, oh my God, iPhone's got a boat, and the boat's called a Mazo. That's leading up to something. No, it was just a boat. No, it was just a boat. I'm just it. a boat. No, it was just a boat. <laughs> you remember those were back in the heady days where, like, every time they said, like, Mirigolo, every time I was like, okay, just tell me for sure if we're talking about our man's stuff. Like, because it sure sounds like, it sure sounds like it a little bit, and then they just don't, and then, Come on, no. Okay, no. Yeah, Mirigoro. Mirakuru, yeah. I always, I always wanted that to be a connection, and just never. No, it, mm-hmm. it just it died in <laughs> died in processing. That, mm-hmm. that whole mm-hmm. that whole whole desire. So, uh, yeah. Back to uh, Shazam: Fury of the Gods, which, by the way, every time I read it, I see Furry of the Gods, which is a totally different thing. Starring Sinbad, sure, absolutely. <laughs> Furry of the Gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were talking about. Um, during the Q and A, talking about having all of them being superheroes, like all of the kids now. He says, "Now they're all superheroes. They're all a family with superpowers, and now we finally get to see that. Uh, we only got a glimpse of that in the first movie, so that's something to look forward to. They're leaning into that, and I'm I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy about that." Hiram Garcia was talking a little bit about uh, the crossover showdown with Shazam. He says, we're working closely with DC in terms of what the plan is for how everyone fits together. It's still in the works, but obviously Shazam exists in the Black Adam universe. I like how he says Shazam exists in the Black Adam universe because Shazam didn't come first, asshole. Anyway, I could just I'm telling you, <laughs> you keep denying it, but it just sounds a lot like they're trying to make something happen and I want to root for it. He says, I could just say that we have very ambitious plans, big ambitions. Sorry. We have very big ambitions for Black Adam and all of the characters that we're introducing. How they're going to connect with the other characters is still all being laid out, but I think fans are going to be happy ultimately with the way we end up guiding it. it but but it makes some sense. Like even mm-hmm. the first, even the Trinity, even the Trinity of DC is like, okay, well, but... In the movies, we're going to downplay the magic part, more of a Greek gods thing, blah, 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 artifacts and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But with Shazam, you're like, yeah, but magic. Mm-hmm. But fucking yeah, but magic. Like, what, one of the things that can actually kick Superman's ass. I'm a little bit excited. I'm kind of rooting for this angle pretty hard. <laughs> Unabashedly so. Uh-huh. I mean, I know. I'm, I mean, I'm down to see it. I'm, I'm good. Um, so Garcia told Variety that they are going to start filming sometime in the first quarter of next year mm-hmm. with a planned November 2021 release. How's that work? Yeah, it's about uh, eight months ahead of schedule, the best I can tell. I just it's don't see, I don't see them turning that around that quick. That's pretty fucking quick. <laughs> I just don't see it. I don't I believe trying it. trying to decide if it was less Did, than a year or... That feels about a year fast. Yeah, did he misspeak? That's my question. Yeah, I don't I don't even know how you do that. I really I, don't. I don't either. Especially because the shooting itself is gonna be a staccato, you know? Mm-hmm. It, you can't it's not like everyone can be there at all times. It's it's gonna be impressive if if they do it. Yeah. I mean, if anyone could, it's the rock. I mean, that dude cranks out like three movies a year, but And already defeated COVID. <laughs> he was like it was rough and i'm like 
I didn't even see where you had it. Like you were on Instagram, you were like pumping iron, you were doing your deadlifts and shit. And then, then like the next day you said, yep, I had COVID and it was a rough couple of weeks. What? Where? <laughs> where did that happen? I, I just don't think it. All right. You know how you see people that are happy and content in life and you're like, where does that even happen? How does that happen? I don't understand. Yes. I feel like it's like that. <laughs> Where like when when he's describing I had a down period in my life and you're like, I followed you on Instagram. There was nothing but recipes. Right. Hey, I I get it. To some extent, I'm like, I just don't understand why this was a down period. At the same time for him, it could have just been like, yeah, so I just literally had to voluntarily breathe for twenty four hours. Oh, that sounds terrible. I I don't I don't uh, I don't I don't know. I, yeah. People like him I have trouble qualifying to my own experience as a human for reasons that are like as obvious as the Niagara Falls just I I can't even imagine yeah the fuck is it like to actually do that much work in a day god damn mm-hmm. all right well uh we're we are glad that that he overcame that he and his family and family uh, yeah absolutely just uh I imagine that's the only part I can relate to is the hard part of being like, okay, I feel like I can power through, but watching my kids, you know, mm-hmm. that, that part would be more relatable for me. Yeah. All right. So we should, uh, we should go to break. And then, uh, when we come back, we've got more movie news, including some flash stuff, which is, uh, <laughs> uh man, it's, 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 it's something. So, stuff, stuff, something. just stuff. Some something. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Plus TV news and listener feedback. Does that sound good to you, man? I mean, I guess I'm aboard. Okay. If you're in, I'm in. All right, well. Wonder who in powers. You can't hear it, but in the edit, Michael's music's already playing. So. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll be right back. Johnsonville sausage strips are strips of sausage that look and cook like bacon. They come in amazing flavors like original, maple, or chorizo. Now you can transform your BLT into an SLT or turn your bacon cheeseburger into a chorizo cheeseburger. It's not bacon. It's Johnsonville sausage strips, and it's a meaty miracle. Find it by the bacon, even though it's sausage. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Dave, here to remind you that in preparation for Die Another Day, my wife, Bethany, and I have been watching every James Bond film, most of them, for the very first time. If you're into 007 or you've always wanted to get into it, check out Breaking Bond on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else, including BreakingBondCast.com. All right, we're back. 
You got to have me a little freeze pot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was tasty, and uh, it's kind of hot in my office, so I was I was glad to have something cool enter my face. It's <laughs> only mid September in Alabama. Wait, cold is still a real appreciated thing. Yep. Um, as it will be tomorrow when I try to go outside and tackle my fr- my well not my front yard my backyard. I tackled my front yard last week. Nice. <sighs> We uh, filled up the kiddie pool and, and happily splashed our feet around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because it was 91 fucking degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which to me seems like no big deal. <laughs> and other people just are a oh, uh, beside themselves. Look, man, I, I grew up in Montgomery. It's like probably anywhere from 5 to 10 degrees higher in Montgomery than it is here. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents act like downtown downtown. So paved, it probably matches you. Yeah. My, uh, my parents act like Birmingham is like a winter wonderland. Mm. They're like, Oh my God, it's only 88 degrees right now. Yeah. We used, we used to feel that way about like Mentone, which is right outside of like fair hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think anyway, um, <laughs> Mentone is like, the bottom part of the mountains that you can put fake snow on and pretend that it's uh, uh, you're just skiing down a golf uh, a, a hole eight or whatever the hell it would be. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, if you went to like Nashville or uh, Gatlinburg or something, oof, that was vacationing in a whole new environment. Might as well have been. <laughs> yep. Like you bought clothes for that. Oof. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, onto the flash here. So during a Q and a, uh, first of all, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Andy Muschietti was mm-hmm. asked what the tone was going to be of his flash movie. He says, my flash will not be light or dark or dark in tone. It's going to have everything. If you saw my previous movies like it and it too, you'll notice that i like to put everything in it uh so i like that kind of non-committal uh attitude towards tone Mm -hmm. i enjoy that i like to have a a bit of both a bit of both yeah yeah more like all kind anyway um so uh (laughs) uh barbara muschietti i think that's her name uh his sister you know co-producer Mm-hmm. says um they asked if she want uh, what kind of team up she would have liked she would like to do and she says uh yes we want more flash movies and i would love to see a two-hander i'm pretty sure that's not what you call it mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm pretty sure i've seen this be referred to as a two-hander now mm-hmm. and a double fister and both of those things are something entirely different I hope they were working together for this moment exactly. (laughs) To make sure later somebody went, ha, 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 ha. I see what you did there. (laughs) And it's almost like she knew. She said, I would love to see a two-hander. That's a movie with two stars. (laughs) 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 Of two main characters between The Flash and Wonder Woman. I think mm-hmm. they'd be the perfect odd, perfect odd couple, best friends, and I think they could solve a lot of problems in the world with little or no violence, which is always a plus in my book. 
Yeah, you're talking about a superhero movie there, toots. (laughs) 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 That sounds boring. Little to no violence. It's Wonder Woman. She's all about the violence. (laughs) (laughs) This is what she trained for. Even in the optimistic Patty Jenkins, she's in the middle of no man's land. Yeah, I get that. It Look, it, it, if you want to argue, I think part of what you're going to argue from is the idea that it's Wonder Woman and she's about compassion. And that's true. Yes. But a lot of yes. Wonder Woman stories start with her uh, offering some sort of suggested uh, route to peace and then end with her punching a motherfucker. That's right. Wonder Woman literally beats <laughs> beats compassion into people. <laughs> yes we know not always but often yes you know you're the producer of a superhero movie all right maybe this isn't the time to be like violence isn't the way you know these people they're superheroes they're all about violence it's like yes they're not for violence but you don't actually want to see them see them solve the problems through non-violence that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I get it. it. Some part of me wants to have there be like a little beat before, no matter what happens. And yes, we all know they're going to, mm-hmm. there's going to be some bones thrown and I'll be happy to watch it and right. uh, geek out. And Look, man, you can do that thing where like your muscles twitch a little bit when you watch mm, somebody. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I'm a Star Trek guy. I like to see Captain Picard at the diplomat's table in the long, you know, the long meeting room table there. Where everybody's absolutely. talking about, you know, the diplomatic, you know, stuff. Wait, not the one that's so long that it's actually kind of condescending. The one that's actually long enough that you can fit everyone in frame. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like to I like to see all that. Everybody's sitting there talking about uh, treaties and stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm, I want to see the phaser fight. <laughs> phaser fight is definitely not what I would have. Not a knee-jerk reaction of mine, but I get it. Right. And, you know, I want to see, like, them on the bridge and there's the... I, I superhero movie man. I that's all I'm saying. I feel like you're just saying, look, don't don't discount the point where they punch each other. Just don't. That that may that may be not so much a, a, a uh, an opportunity as an obligation. Yeah, the way she like describes it, we're just like Flash and Wonder Woman are best friends, and they're like the perfect odd couple, and they're saving, they're solving problems through nonviolence. That just sounds like it's like Sex in the City, but with Ezra Miller and. Galgatoad, which I would watch, I guess, but <laughs> I really would. They're it, just solving problems by like catcalling and and being shitty to people like verbally. <laughs> Truthfully, the only problem I have is like, like there's oh, cheetah. How about we change your spots? The casting, the casting's so good. There's really not any group of two people you wouldn't have brought me that I'd be like, yeah, I would. I would watch that movie. Yeah, I mean, I'd watch it, but I'll watch a lot of crap. <laughs> Ask my wife. She'll just have on some of the weirdest shit, and I'll just like wind up sitting in there watching it. Yeah. And I'm like, which Disney Channel star is that? Okay. <laughs> so what are we doing here? What episode? Okay. <laughs> and now I've seen two of those Joey King movies where what were the Kissing Booth movies. I guess. I've never. God, I've never uh, seen I'm those. looking forward to the third one. They shot the second and third back to back. I like, I know production things about this thing now. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'm curious to see how this turns out. Oh, okay. <laughs> that worries me, but I'm just going to let it ride. <laughs> 
Oh, we're pretty sure she was doing the kissing booth one, uh, two and three at the same time she was doing uh, that movie where she was like she had her head shaved, you know, for uh, whatever it was called, where with uh, the lady where she was like pretending to be, I don't know, sick or something. I don't know. Sure. There was some I have no the, idea. There was some like limited series on Hulu, and I can't remember the name of it now. But she was like pretending to be sick or but it was like really this like woman who her her mother was i think it was patricia arquette maybe anyway so we're like watching the kissing booth too and i'm like girl look at that wig <laughs> oh <laughs> because you know, I mean, yeah me and my wife really are like i think the while we're watching tv we are what babs muschietti wants to see in a flash wonder woman movie just mm. <laughs> who killed the couch kind of comments i've been in a room with it it's 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 fun <laughs> but it doesn't mean that on a ride like this for instance that you haven't lost me like a quarter of the way through <laughs> uh-huh i would like to be on the snowmobile but it is at the bottom of this mountain and i'm just mm-hmm. tumbling down the rest of it far from the bottom <laughs> Sounds like me and one of your analogies. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet again. <laughs> so here's here's the big thing though that uh, everyone was talking about. With the, <laughs> um, so she says, "Well, I want you to go see it. So I'm not going to tell you a lot, but what I will tell you is that." The Flash movie is a ride. It's going to be fun and exciting, and there are a lot of DC characters in it. Flash is the superhero of this film because he is the bridge between all of these characters and timelines. And here it comes. In a mm. way, it restarts everything mm. and doesn't forget anything. Sounds th- like the way of a Flash movie. Right. My point exactly. That's that's where <laughs> I was going with that. Or a Flash product. It's Okay. That's not groundbreaking for a Flash thing. (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay? Yeah, and I'm leaving this shit in the show, buddy. I'm leaving this. (laughs) All right, y'all. Here's a thing that just happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, in the break... I was eating my frozen, my frozen little, what's it called? I was afraid this is what you were saying. Yeah. Your little freeze pop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And Jason wanted to know what I was eating. And I told him, and I said, he didn't know what I was talking about at first. I sent him a picture. He just messaged me. That looks like a prostate massager. (laughs) (laughs) Just does. I don't want to tell you. And I just like I look at my little ding, ding. I look down. I'm like, that's that's the message. I don't know what you what you expected out of me. <laughs> oh. I just checked the time and I saw your picture and responded. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I didn't I, mean I, to derail you. Look, I would hope that this that a flash. Flashpoint movie had a ton of DC characters in it. Um, I would expect it to restart everything while not forgetting anything. 
I'm sorry, Snyder people. I don't know why you're upset or surprised by this. I, and those are the only people I've seen personally that I've seen complaining about it. Yeah. I, Snyder already said Justice League was his Justice League was part of a separate thing than the DCEU anyway. So, between uh, between that and especially after Flash, we're we're just gonna have to see see where that leaves us. It's multiverse, man. It's multiverse. I don't know how connected they will be. I I I just know that they're gonna be connected in some way. And um, they literally sent Ezra Miller to Vancouver to uh, make that point. So uh huh. There will be some plausible explanation for whatever we're going through. It feels like at this point, just gonna have to wait on it. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I hate to be the one that keeps saying this because I just thought that everyone would understand by this point. I can hear your arms going back and forth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They were. <laughs> I, I keep just, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like they've said it over and over again, over and damn over multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. Mm-hmm. How does this have, how's Justice League theatrical going to fit in with the Snyder cut. It's not. It's not. You're going to have two different versions of Ezra Miller. Wah. It. There's there's a lot of like the, okay, but which one do we back? Honestly, for me, the, the big uh, disconnect is a lot of people kind of not seeing that. Well, no, it's not that like multiverse doesn't mean we're hopping trains. The one we're hopping off is valid. And the one that we're going on is the most valid now it mm-hmm. just maybe means that both are valid no yeah. and you don't necessarily have to pick like the there is still an instinct for there to be one narrative that we're following and i get it i really do because that is very satisfying uh i mean we, I we still of, are yeah but i kind of i don't want to have to sit around and we just kind of do right now we're kind of waiting to see all right what version of events that we've already seen are going to be valid going forward. And I get it. There's some tension there. Mm-hmm. They're all stressful. valid. That's the whole thing is they're all valid. They are yeah. all valid. You know, this way, the, the the Snyder bros who are angry over Flash showing up in CW's cr- uh, crossover, just say this, the Justice League version, and stop whining. <laughs> You're good. Who gives a shit? It makes so many of us happy. It's what Jim Lee is pushing is, you know, we're, we're supposed to be acknowledging and embracing the multiverse. That's how they're able to say the Snyderverse is happening. Uh, Zack Snyder has talked about how there's a multiverse. That's like, God, that's been since what? Like issue 123 of the flash, like Jake flash of two worlds, Jay Garrick and Barry Allen. Like this is, uh, I, I don't understand how you can call yourself a DC fan and not be familiar with the idea of a multiverse and and not be down with it. Like you're just a whiner no, as far I mean, as I'm concerned. You can I still like there's an instinct to just even if you know all of the multiversal possibilities, it's still an instinct to want to root for like this is the story we're telling long term mm-hmm. over X amount of years and yeah, that's an exciting thing. I'm, I mean, I just don't know if it's going to be a real thing right now. Maybe going forward. Jim Lee is pushing for the multiverse. All right. I cannot help but think there is some sort of end game. No, no, no pun intended there. Uh, <laughs> it's a loaded word choice. Legitimately. Well, what do you want from me, man? I mean, they chose like the, the word. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. And they by the way, titled the movie a storytelling trope shortcut. Yeah, and by the way, yeah, they they absolutely did. They blew their wad with that one too. So now where are they going? They're going to the multiverse. So guess what? You're not going to have any refuge. Just yeah, get ready. <laughs> it's going to be complicated and take it what it's worth. You're going to whine that you want a singular superhero narrative and you're going to go over your Marvel and you're going to go, oh, wait, that's not what I wanted either because now they're doing the multiverse too. Yeah, I mean, even the even in the context of what we cover, mm-hmm. you got a movie as good as the Joker, or Joker as a uh, as a result of the multiversal possibility thing. So mm-hmm. even just in our sandbox, so to speak, not all bad. In the way I'm looking at it, it's like, look, if they could, if they can promise something, <laughs> if they could promise something artistic enough mm-hmm. to uh, to coax the bale out of his cave, <laughs> there's a possibility nope. there. My my personal hope is that you'd get Joseph Gordon-Levitt being Batman from that reality mm. to to hang out with with you know. Uh, Affleck and Keaton or whoever in some capacity. But even if they don't ever do that, even if they never do a crisis, you know, which they'd be damned fools if they didn't do it. Mm, Yeah. At some point. Some version. And there's plenty. Uh, Let's move over to Doom Patrol. (laughs) TV. It's got a season three. I guess. Yay. Doom Patrol season three. Yay. That alone was maybe the most exciting part of Saturday. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, fandom was real... for anything else. Oh I'm no, fandom like... was real boring, man. <laughs> it was. It was. It was legitimately I, I boring really, as shit. I didn't get to watch much of it at all. You didn't it was miss a couple hours for me. Um, I the problem was like I set aside uh, an amount of time after it was supposed to drop, mm-hmm. and the servers were kind of having trouble getting me on there. So after you know an hour and a half, two hours passed, and I. I just I was still kind of fighting to get on, so I had to I had to bail. Right. I popped on a couple times later to watch uh, segments here and there, but uh, didn't really get block time like I was hoping. Yeah, I I didn't have any trouble, and I kind of would have been okay with it if I had. <laughs> like it was real boring. It really was. Like they kind of blew their load on on day one, and. Uh, you know, even like I kind of like it was telling to me that they were like dropping news about Doom Patrol and stuff like on Twitter and shit. <laughs> Where I'm like, y'all just saying this in the here because you're trying to make it like it's part of fandom, even though it's not. Okay, okay, okay I guess see because you know that t- f- f- what you've got left of fandom is <laughs> not really interesting, right? It's like Black Lightning and the cast of Black Lightning plays '90s trivia. What? Mm. What? Anyway, uh, uh, what was funny is Patrick Schumacher said, congrats to Doom Patrol for season three, pick up by HBO Max. Stay tuned next week for big, oh, sorry, no, sorry. He says, congrats, Doom Patrol. Now do uh, DC Harley Quinn um, at HBO Max. Fair, yeah. And uh, what was funny is HBO Max came out with a tweet that says, reply to, reply to this with a show on HBO Max that you've been trying to make a friend stream and tag them. If your reply gets one like, you they have to stream it. Patrick Schumacher of Harley Quinn retweets that says Harley Quinn, especially season three. And my friend is named HBO Max. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So at the fandom, the the Harley Quinn panel host, uh, Shay Serrano asked if a third season was in the works. 
And if the new Joker's girlfriend punchline might appear. Mm-hmm. And uh, supervising producer Jennifer Coyle says, the answer is, I hope so. And then I personally don't know about punchline. Justin Halpern wrote uh, or said, uh, we want to focus on Harley and Ivy's relationship. And I'm less personally concerned, sorry, less personally interested if the Joker gets a new girlfriend than I am. If just like, let's explore this relationship. We've spent two seasons building. Uh, I feel them on that. I want to see Ivy and Harley's I like relationship, Punchline. but I would it, totally love to see Punchline. Yeah. For real. Well, that's the, that's the part that's a little bit tearing it. Yeah. I, I would like to, <laughs> but yeah. that, but, that is a really good rebuttal. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, you know what? The only reason you would introduce Punchline is because it's a Joker uh, infestation of her storyline. So mm-hmm. yeah, good call. Uh, I now, will accept that if they leave him out. Now the thing I accidentally started reading earlier was Jim Lee saying congrats to Doom Patrol for season three, mm-hmm. and then said stay tuned next week for big news about the DC universe and its exciting future. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, our buddy Chris Balga. Over on uh, World's Finest True Believers podcast, a fantastic show. Go check that out. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, Jim Lee said I'll there be will be... i there next week. Will you now? Mm-hmm. We'll see. For Red Sun. You guys should definitely go check that out then. You'll get Follow me. Twice Woo-hoo. as much Jason. <laughs> he caught me more up. than I get. <laughs> uh <laughs> But Chris said, uh, Jim Lee said there will be a big announcement about the DC Universe service and its exciting future this week. What do you hope will be revealed? Uh, honestly, uh, leave the old leave old shows like, you know, Wonder Woman shit. And, you know, Batman 66, that kind of stuff. Old Superman, whatever. Cartoons. Leave all that stuff up and, uh, and comics. More comics. Yeah. Like, really, like, I would be happy. Best possible scenario is exactly this. I would be happy if they put whatever they weren't licensing out to anyone else on DC Universe and then also had comics and gave us like three to six months wait time on new comics. Yeah. And make it like Marvel Unlimited. I know I'm not supposed to say for DC that I want DC to make anything like Marvel. Whatever. <laughs> Good God. Um no, but it's a, it's a. But you know what? Marvel Unlimited is a fantastic service and good platform. Well receives. If I yeah. still read Marvel comics, I would use it. Mm-hmm. But I don't because Marvel comics haven't been good in several years. But I would love some DC comics on <laughs> 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 that I don't have to wait a year for. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, even the year is an upgrade. They didn't really have uh, an outlet like this before. No, they didn't. But now I'm so, used to the year. So six months or <laughs> three months. Do better than Marvel. I don't give a shit. Please. Yeah. You know how quick I'll read friggin' Joker War, you know, or whatever? I, I get it. I mean, um, look, for me, three months would be ideal as a stepping stone because it just keeps more and more feeling like DC wants to go digital first and then like. Does it not feel like there's at least somebody at that table that's pitching the idea that like, look, why are we even printing these things monthly? Look, yes. if, if it sells well enough, we're going to do a TPB. It's great. We'll do a volume, an omnibus, mm-hmm. whatever the hell you want to call it. We're going to put it out for print for sure if it does well enough. Right. See, somebody's I would, I don't know, I would somebody's be, in board with that. And if, if it ends up working, then yeah, I hope there's something like DC Universe that I already kind of like and like the reader, by the way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the reader's great. Give me that stuff. And, uh, you know, I I would piss everybody off or at least all of the physical people off because I would, if I was in charge and the numbers, you know, meted out, I would say, let's just stop with the individual issues. Just stop. Like, (laughs) come on. Maybe keep the big ones going like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. But come on, man. This Over and over doesn't it seem to be the trend as a publisher makes a decision to invest in something. They do so with X amount of titles and then later X minus Y titles are uh, still there mm-hmm. uh, because at some point they're like, well, we're going to have to trim the fat and that just becomes, you know, some mini series that effectively had no ending that was released 20 years ago that only people at a trivia contest remember the name of off the top of their heads. Right. This is, this is what I'm saying. Like, make i'm not saying you shouldn't make other issues i'm just saying you should make them all digital except for like detective batman action comics superman and whatever wonder woman's got going on maybe justice league wonder woman it's a it's just called wonder Woman. yeah i mean and then everything else is just digital first just digital only and certain you know storylines get put out in uh get printed in tpb yeah, I mean... And I, that's the end of your day. There's a part of me that can agree with that. There's another part of me that's like, you know what? It's more, more than the ones you just named are making their money, or at least breaking even. So we should keep them. Even if you go with the version you just said, eventually it's going right. to be like, well, but, but if we did this team up, we could sell it for a while, and then you'll have to have this <clears> conversation <throat> again. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't have, like premium miniseries and stuff from like top tier creators because they totally should and have that come out like monthly i think that's absolutely a thing that should happen black label's done pretty well you know yeah no yeah i'm not saying that's not a couple failures but it's done pretty well you don't really hear about like the monthly green lantern books too much you don't really hear too much about an aquaman you know (laughs) like you just don't yeah yeah, unless you're saying, unless there are people who are saying, oh, you need to read this Jeff Johns run, or oh, you need to read this, you know, whoever. Like, okay, fair, yeah. fair. Like, if you've got like, you know, huge maxi Stuff, series, with Tom it King gets to the surface, do it sometimes. But I mean, yeah, like the Mister Miracle thing, I would never yeah. have thought that would <laughs> wouldn't have uh, put a lot of time into that myself. I wouldn't either. But Tom King made his bones doing Batman, and now it's like he's untouchable. Yeah, so. I mean. Honestly, even while that, uh, I could have had, you know, first issues of all that just going to the, I was just picking up my list every week. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have grabbed all of that as it happened and, and just kind of went, you know what? I don't know how much I care about this character yet. Let's see what happens here. Right. And then even two months in, it was still like, look, we have copies of one. The reviews are coming back great. And they were, and they were all right. It was fantastic. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, I would love to see what the actual numbers were and and see what my thought would be on that, you know, after seeing those numbers. But I don't know. I just it feels like there it feels like the companies in some regards are just wanting to keep a lot of titles around in, in print form on the monthly basis out of tradition. And it's just I don't I don't think it's worth it, man. Yeah. Some part of me gets that. The other part wants to fight it. It's. Uh... Oh, I mean, I'm a physical guy. Like, I love blu-rays i love physical media sitting on my shelf like uh, yeah. you know this i don't have oh, negative yeah. space in my house as you've said nope <laughs> it is, is a drift of it um 
<laughs> Greg Walker, the uh, the showrunner for Titans, says that the third season is more optimistic. He says, uh, this is how the season is going to be different, I think, in a lot of ways. It ultimately ends with them figuring out a way as a team. It ends optimistically. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. He says, uh, <laughs> he says like, you know, that's the world we live in right now, especially the way the Titans can be. We kind of beat ourselves up for our past sins. It's nice to be liberated. We have a character named Dove who is going to point uh, in the direction we're going to go. It takes them a long time to follow her advice. Ultimately, finding a way to get off of the hamster wheel, to stop doing things the way we've always done them and find a new way. Uh, and they have to figure that out collectively. So that's, uh, you know, Greg Walker taking the Eric Wallace rule of show running, which is spoil the whole thing up front. Explain the entire season. Well, Just that's the FYI. way you've got to do it now. You're like, you know, Sorry, you've seen, you've, you've known these people who are, and they're getting more and more, like, who are just like, I can't handle a bad ending. Let me know if it, if it works out before I watch it. I don't know. I've, I've been right. there at times myself. I, I get it. It's actually why I get annoyed when I know a bad ending's coming because I'm like, you know what? Let me, I put time into this. Let me experience that pain for myself. Mm-hmm. And then later we can bitch about it together. I feel like this was Greg Walker, though, like responding to the last season's ending. Like, all right, I understand you were upset about Donna. Here's the thing. <laughs> this season will end optimistically. Mm-hmm. Even if we have to take everything about the previous seasons and throw it out and cram in optimism, it's going to happen. I mean, they they sent Jason Todd into the ether to come back as... Uh, you know, Red Hood enemy. So yeah, there's only there's going to be a lot of throwing the last couple of seasons under the bus. A little bit, yeah. It's just that he'll be doing the throwing and he'll know which bus line he's throwing them under. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Star Girl. This Star Girl mm-hmm. panel. I, I take it you didn't see that. I did not. All right. Well, uh, Council Lucky I only Stars. Made it to like half a dozen things. I understand. All right. I don't know what things are those are. So you know, I have to ask. <laughs> As we come upon them, I was yeah, as we come upon them, and I, I asked Scott of uh, Squadcast too. I was like, "Did you see the Star Girl thing? I kind of want another opinion." And he was like, "No, I didn't." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> uh, yes, you're going your own." Yeah. So let's 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 talk about first what John said. He did say that uh, we're going to see more of Grundy. He says he's not gone just yet. There's a uh, cool story idea for Grundy coming up. That's good. He did say that Eclipso would be very important in season two. And uh, be. he did say that uh, when when asked if uh, we'd see more of Hootie, Dr. Midnight's Owl, he said, we'll definitely be talking about Hootie at some point. And, you know, the, the kids okay. said they wanted to see that pink pen, Jakeem Thunder. Absolutely. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great. But my Lord. So they shot this. <laughs> they shot this. Uh after Ray Fisher had already started coming out. You're going to speak of the tone deafness of the segment? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was so awful, Jason. And I would love to hear anyone else's opinions on this. Like I said, we we praised the show, Stargirl. Mm-hmm. All right. But this panel, it was like they were instructed slash scripted to... Ju- they were just heaping gushing praise all over Jeff Johns. Oh. Like all of the cast 
was talking about how wonderful he was. And oh, we, oh, I tell you what we want to, oh, I want to see a Jeff Johns cameo in the, in the next season. He's like, oh, <laughs> shucks, you know? And they're all oh. like, they're like, no, no, promise me. Oh, you got to be in, we, we'll show you in a superhero suit for like five seconds and it'll be great. It'll be awesome. We want to see you on set. Oh, we love you so you know, much. It'll be fun. Oh, it's the best set. It, it's so fun. Oh, we love Jeff Johns. If they sold that idea to everyone as that mm-hmm. would be like a really fun, cute thing to do. And we need to prep up Jeff Johns for blah, blah, blah. And hope no one knows. And then it's actually all true. But the whole plan was that they're going to have him pop up for like a few seconds and kill him. <laughs> that would be great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that all felt really gross and tone deaf and really pissed me off, honestly. Like, I'm just sitting here going like they are just out of their minds that they even allowed this to go on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I heard, yeah, you know, I didn't hear anything. I saw some quotes, some bits here and there, and yeah, it sounded about like what you're describing. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. I mean, yay, Eclipso. Cool. <laughs> yay, more Grundy, I guess. And what was, you know, not only that, they were doing the thing where they were like, we're going to look at a clip now from the show, and it's like Stripe fighting Grundy. And, like, it comes back and, like, all the kids are like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'm like, it's like a month after the show. You've seen this. You've all seen this. You they, were there for the shots. You were literally there. might not have seen it. No, they were there. They were, well, I mean, they were watching. They were definitely watching it while it was playing on TV. Oh. Like, yeah. This is like a month after it's been aired. Yeah, there's that. I mean, I know that they were, like, I know uh, the kid that plays our man was talking about how he was just fighting a giant green pickle with a with a frowny face on it for for grundy but (laughs) i mean i really enjoyed that scene and i I want that footage so much more now yeah but you know it's just so over the top so hyperbolic fake horse shit but Mm. yeah it was just super gross that they were just like heaping all this praise onto jeff johns Mm. and i was just like Dude, you guys, y'all are just cogs. <laughs> it's a young crew. They were probably sold something. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. All right. It's, uh might be naivety we're looking back at and thinking, mm, I think they would have a do-over if they could. Maybe. We'll see. When Jeff gets ousted. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Which, again, yeah, we're still betting on when rather than if on that one. Oh, you know, I'm I'm saying win, but you know, dude, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an uphill climb, I think, because you know, even like a, a part of fandom, like during the Q and A, like Jim Lee is like Jim Lee is pimping out Joker War. He's pimping out uh, not Joker War, uh, Three Jokers. Three Jokers. Yeah. Um, he's pimping out some other thing that Jeff Johns wrote. Oh yeah, um, Volume Three of of Batman Earth One by Jeff Johns, mm. which is he that was he and he announced it without announcing it like he didn't give an actual date but he said he was talking about how that's very close to coming out Mm. so yeah they've they've got a lot riding on jeff johns and the john's name and i think honestly they're just trying to i think honestly they're trying to wait until everything they've got comes out and they can sell it and then finally be like all right well jeff is gonna go his separate way (laughs) now that we've made our money part of me thinks that's uh possibly the case and i feel a little bit dirty for having uh three jokers still on my list like mm-hmm. 
I just, uh, it's been several years now, and I just want to know what's going on with that story. Well, the big question is, is Ray Fisher going to be able to get his word out and widespread to actually affect sales in a substantial way? Yeah. Because yeah, right now, a, DC is... a moral is, question for me, too. DC has got, like, Scott Snyder, Tom King, and Jeff Johns, and that's what's making all their money. No, I mean, there's there's a few more, but... I mean, there's a few more, but those are the, like, top three, man. Yeah, those are those are pretty well top tier. But, honestly, Snyder's really doing... They could, Snyder's doing some well, like... Well, I say that. Uh, he's gonna try to do some creator-owned stuff, and good for him, and I hope he makes all the money he wants to and deserves, frankly. Oh, he, but, I mean, he's done it before. Uh, but with having Snyder on their roster at all, uh, to me, they could have kick Johns to the curb no 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 not yet he's still making a lot of money for him but I don't I think that he is you know. in terms of like having someone who's that good at the continuity part oh yeah I mean it's pretty much Snyder's universe now I mean there was no lack of talent there that and Snyder and some of the people that have gotten into the same story that that's how I read them, like Tenny uh, on or Tiny on the fourth, and uh, Williamson and mm-hmm. uh, several others that I, I'm just not remembering the name of at the moment. But right. other people that I really enjoy. Yeah, we're. Uh, wait, point is, we didn't necessarily have to have him right now, Johns. Yeah, no, we don't. But no, absolutely, I got you. But, you know, uh, let's you move. Know. Let's move over to the Flash real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. The show, the Flash, uh, and our good buddy Eric Wallace, the showrunner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could tell all Wallace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the uh, the panel at Fandome, he had said uh, he was talking about what's in store with regards to Godspeed, mm. especially the mystery of their true identity. He says, "I don't like spoilers, <laughs> so we know what's coming." <laughs> if you guys be. If you're if you're new to this show, we've been making fun of Eric Wallace for a few weeks now because he keeps saying he doesn't like spoilers and then just like spoiling the shit out of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "I don't like spoilers." Let's just say there was a certain speedster who wore a white costume whose clones kept showing up. <laughs> Good Christ! Yeah, it's <laughs> really Team Flash has to deal with that, but we never caught the real guy. Or a girl. Let's just yeah. say we might find out that mystery this season. <laughs> I don't know who this could possibly be. But I do have their driver's license and social security number. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, after saying I don't like spoilers, says, <laughs> um, he's talking about the, uh, the, the, the season seven teaser that came out three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, when we had the shutdown happen, as unfortunate as it was, we were on the last day of filming for what would have been the 20th episode of last season, which will now become partially the first episode of season seven. So we do have 85% of the footage that we were able to use. Plus, also, we also knew where we were going early in season seven. So even though it's only footage really from one episode, pay attention to the way it's presented. It's actually huge spoilers all over the place. Oh. Who'd have thought? <laughs> oh, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he certainly seems pleasant enough, but he, at times he has that air of like, 
a puppy who keeps looking at the food bag. Mm-hmm. What could you be wagging about? Oh, is it that? Okay. Yeah. I've had friends like this. We're like, not hey, have you seen this? Like, no, not yet. I'm, I'm going to, though. Okay, well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but uh, just be on the lookout for episode four. Because in episode four, <laughs> son of a bitch. They reveal that the big to-do about the series is... Okay. All right, so... I, uh, I get it. <laughs> it's, it's cute, but frustrating. Mm-hmm. So uh, he also has this to say in Entertainment Weekly uh, about season seven. He says, Joe's storyline this season is inspired by the societal changes happening in today's world because with everything we're all waking up uh, to each day in 2020, I felt there was a great opportunity here, even within our fantastical family-oriented show, to commit, sorry, to comment indirectly on truths uh, folks could easily recognize and do so in an entertaining way. Also, we're working our way through Joe's wonderful storyline this year. Joe gets challenged by the uh, events of the world that are going... Did I just say that again? Or did was this two different things? He might have said like, it twice. He does that sometimes. All right. So he says they're going to do it in a sci-fi superhero way because we're on a superhero <laughs> Definitely show. Definitely be your fault. No, no. And he really rises up. I'm so proud of the character, and I'm so excited for Jesse to take Joe in just a little bit of a new direction because Joe's a good man with a good heart. Yeah, we know. We've been watching him for six years. Yeah. <laughs> and if he sees injustice, he's not a person who just turns a blind eye to it. He's a person who says something and does something. I'm happy to report that we're working (laughs) that actually into the scripts right now. It's not in the first batch. It's more in the middle of season seven. (laughs) It'll be very obvious as Joe goes through (laughs) these changes and ends up in a place that's unexpected for him, but that is honorable and very aware of today's problems from a law perspective. So it's made the storytelling for his character's storyline, I think, the most exciting thing that I've been able to write for him uh, since I've been the showrunner. So yeah, uh, they're, they're, I guess he's going to let Joe find out that there's police brutality towards black people? Yeah, I don't if, know how they're going to incorporate that. I'm like, did, did, do you think Joe wouldn't know that? It would seem that he hasn't been oblivious to that in either his personal or professional life. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to build it. The way Wallace talks about it, it's like Joe's going to see this and become very aware of it. I'm like, uh, I, I mean, does it not sometimes feel like they give him information four minutes before he does an interview? A little bit. They're like, hey, guess what we're doing next season? And he walks in and his job is to appear as though he knows what was what was being said beforehand. Maybe. Uh, you know, I, based on how he's talking about it though, I kind of feel like it's going to be tone deaf. I'm mm. not sure it will be, but you know, the flash rarely is. And hopefully this is not going to be an exception. Uh, yeah. hmm. It's possible, but I miss helping. I don't, I don't want to bet on it. Yeah. I miss helping too. Sometimes <laughs> I really do. I just, you know, we've got Joe West. Had more of a mysterious air to it, for sure. He did. But we've got Joe West, who's a fantastic cop, fantastic father. Dude raised a white kid in his house, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, has risen to the ranks of captain mm-hmm. uh, in a police force. Like, he literally saw this police force, and they even mentioned it on the show at some point. that like, he, you know, this they, they, they have a captain that's gay, first of all, and then... That dude leaves, and now they have a black captain. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that through all of that, he didn't see any kind of racial injustice, any kind of profiling, 
And he's not saying he didn't, but the way he's say, talking about it is like, like he didn't know. <laughs> you it's, know? Hard, it's hard to believe that they that it's just never come up. So what we're having problems with, I guess, is really just how they get, how they're going to retcon that in. But eh, I, I don't I don't know either. He's going to go I in a little bit of a new direction. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just it, I'm I'm happy it's being brought up at all. I just and I would prefer it to have a uh, an in house explanation. But I guess if it doesn't, then that's just how it's going to have to be. Yeah, like I hope it's not just like. You know, Barry's like, what? This has been going on the whole time? And Joe's like, well, yeah, but I've always turned a blind eye. But now I have a conscience. And I'm going to do yeah. what, a, you know, I don't know. That would be hard for that character to sell. I mean, the show under Helping has been, was more subtle. And I think. Yeah. 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 Subtlety was a strong suit for that guy. Yeah. Wallace can't get through an interview without spoiling a damn thing. So anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to be such an asshole. <laughs> I feel like I've been an asshole this this episode. I've just been like, Fandom was boring. Eric Wallace is a piece of shit that spoils everything. And he, th- you know, it's just, I, uh, I called one of the producers of The Flash Toots. That's bad. <laughs> That's not good. <sighs> <laughs> Our bitchiest episode yet. <laughs> who would have thought it was coming this week and yeah and uh yeah, hey while we're at it <laughs> oh. i mean why stop here what you got uh carlos valdez during the uh dc fandom event mm-hmm. um said he uh he says i'm bracing now go ahead he says cisco he's <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about Cisco's decision to walk away from his powers. He says, I don't think he regrets the decision, but I think it definitely haunts him. That sounds a lot like regret, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> they can be different. They can be. He says, like, I'm actually feeling a lot like Cisco these days because, like, we'll have a fan we'll see on the street or whatever. Be like, yo, vibe. I have to imagine Cisco's probably... I know, okay. But, uh, you know, it was such a big decision for him. I feel like the ripple effect, you know, repercussions for that in terms of Cisco's sense of identity. We're still seeing those waves. We're continuing to see those waves in Season 7, so I'm just riding the wave. Uh, if you mean we're still seeing the waves, I mean, if you mean he talks about going to Atlantis and then leaves for six episodes, sure. Yeah. I mean, we've barely seen Cisco. Yeah, I feel like they were trying to give him some time off there. Hey, look, man, you spend eight, nine, ten months out of your year in a place that's not actually technically your home. Uh, Mm -hmm. I get it. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And uh, eventually you're like, could you just write my character out of this season for God's sake? Mm -hmm. I want to watch my children grow. (laughs) But we miss your funny Instagram videos with (laughs) Tom Cavanaugh where you sing and play pranks on each other. Yes, we do miss those, but no, that's not the most important thing. Of course it is. What else would, what would be more important? The ones where those two sing with, with Joe. Oh, yeah. There you go. So, you cracked yeah. it, gumshoe. <laughs> <laughs> you asked, and I gave you an answer. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to talk a little bit about Batwoman here. Carolyn Dries, Dries, whatever her name is, over on the Fandom event, said, We have two major stories as we come into season two. The first one is, where's Kate? What happened to Kate? Is she alive? Did she die? Is she missing? Is she on the run? Is she held captive? Is she lost? These are all huge mysteries that push us in deep into the season. And all of our characters are going to have different perspectives on that, different conspiracy theories, different points of view, and it will create a lot of drama, tension, mystery, and intrigue. It will be shocking and awesome and amazing, and there's no way that show can live up to all that. That was my point. Not not, <laughs> not hers. The last bit was me. That was editorialized slightly uh-huh, at the uh-huh, last second. Uh-huh. Uh, she also says, and then we're obviously just diving into Javisia. Uh, we have a new hero rising in Gotham. She's a new character in, uh, to the world of DC, and she has a lot uh, going against her. Uh, she was a girl who was a statistic of injustice the moment she was born. Does Joe know? And the mo- yeah. <laughs> this, this system was not built for this person, and she will constantly battle against the system. All throughout, she's battled through, <laughs> through it for her whole life. And she will continue to battle against it as Batwoman. That's that's good. That's fine. I she I you know I watched the panel with uh, uh, the the actress Javicia, and she seems mm-hmm. cool. And they showed a little bit of um, of her fighting and stuff that she sent in. Apparently, they were sold on her like flipping giant tires. <laughs> Feels like an odd thing for okay. I mean, yeah, she was just like just yeah, I don't know. Doing some CrossFit shit, like yeah. Affleck and BVS, man. It's always been impressive when people can do that. It, it's harder than it seems, but yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever, whatever got you there, guys. I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know. It looks impressive. I know, uh, you know, when when Batfleck did the the CrossFit, uh, a bunch of people were shitting on it because like Batman went and do CrossFit or something. I, I don't know. I, it I don't seems know. precisely as, like as, something he would go toward, but okay. As a guy who gets winded going to the bathroom, it looks impressive to me. Shivana <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guy will be playing uh, Safiya Sohail, a villain who uh, is apparently coming into season two. She was teased last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they they actually didn't. They I guess they teased her, didn't they? In the last uh, the last episode, but they had already teased uh, the group Many Arms of Death, which she's the leader of. They're a terrorist organization. Um, she's being described as a fiercely protective ruler of a small community on the island of uh, Koryana. A woman with as many enemies as aliases. She is compassionate and charismatic with both physical and psychological prowess. She is beloved by her people and will stop at nothing to protect what's hers. No one goes unnoticed uh, by Sophia. Specifically, when it comes to those who have encountered the Desert Rose. So, there's that. That sounds good. I don't have a lot to extrapolate from it. I mean, she was, like, in the comics, she like she and Kate Kane were lovers, and then she, like, tracked down Alice, and, and were drugged Beth to bring Al- the Alice personality back, and there was a whole bunch of stuff going on. Right. Yeah, there was a... There's a whole lot, so I'm I don't know. I, I I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with this season since there's no Kate Kane. Yeah, it, the questions you ask up front seem to be the same ones that I want answered. So. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, now a little bit on Superman and Lois. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, that's gonna be show run by Todd Helbing. Yay! Yay! Todd. <laughs> see you again, somebody. 
<laughs> uh, apparently, this this in the show, Clark and Lois go back to Smallville. Like it's gonna be set there. Okay. And uh, Lana Lang is there, and they're gonna like he says. I think it's fun when they go back to Smallville. Lana Lang is there. Lana was Clark's first love, and I think it's an interesting dynamic as an adult how you deal with that relationship. We don't want Clark ever having an affair on Lois. We don't want like you know Lois and Lana brawling. But what that dynamic is like as an adult is really interesting to us. Those feelings are impossible to ignore. I'm a little glad they kind of ruled that out. That's right. always a little bit boring for me. Yeah. Love triangles bore me. Uh, and as me as a viewer, I understand that may be my problem, but it's true. And, you know, I, I am much more willing to accept Superman snapping Zod's neck than I am him cheating on Lois with Lana Lang. Absolutely. Now, you snap all the necks you want, buddy, but you better not kiss Lana. <laughs> Cosmic battle and and somehow ends in like uh, on the spot execution. Mm-hmm. I can I can get behind that a little bit, but then again, Clark Kent disrespecting man. a woman as a person. No, no, that that's a problem for me. <laughs> then again, multiverse. You know, I was just <laughs> if we can have an injustice, Superman, we can have a. Uh, skeevy ass Superman who cheats on Lois, I guess. Um, but I'm glad we're I not guess. getting them here. I guess. Whatever the prequel is to Gods and Monsters, I guess. Maybe maybe there. <laughs> it's Cads and misogynists. Possibly. I'm just saying the guy's kind of a douche in the first half of that movie. Maybe he made some mm-hmm. bad choices when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So during the Fandom event, Helbing explained that... Uh, uh, the Superman and Lois took crisis as an opportunity for the series to explore a time when things get complicated uh, for Lois and Clark parenting teenagers. He says uh, for the fans that watched, you know, at the end of the last or the beginning of the last crossover, Clark and Lois had a little infant boy named Jonathan and the world's merged and everything gets rewritten. And the end of the crossover is Lois calling Clark saying that she, uh, or that he has to get home because there's a problem with the boys. So we took Crisis as an opportunity to really age up and change things for them as parents, age up the boys, and then make them teenagers when things really get complicated for parents. So I think just Crisis in general really gave us an opportunity to start with a blank slate and tell the story in a way that we could not have done otherwise. Bendis had a similar moment recently, and uh, mixed feelings on that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As there may be for this, too. We'll see. Well, you know, I don't want to watch a Superman and Lois show where they're dealing with a, an infant. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Entirely. I don't like hearing a kid cry in the Walmart in the distance. I don't want to tune in for it. No, I mean, there's there's a lot to love there, but in some ways they're not narratively interesting. And what they're mostly like, just doing like visceral functions and crying the entire time. What's funny <laughs> is I think this is just like they're what they're making is white lightning. Mm. It's just, <laughs> it's like you got two teenage boys instead of two teenage girls veteran hero who's tired of being you know in metropolis he's got a place in the suburbs or you know on the farm or what have you uh it's gonna be smallville but with those boys they're gonna have powers they're gonna have powers mm. like their father and he's gonna yeah. be running around with them trying to teach them how to do it right and then you're gonna have lois who's probably gonna be annoying just like lynn is <laughs> no i mean uh i don't i don't care for cw have to call that lightning you, you According to editorial decisions over the years, you, you only have to use the word black if you're describing a black family. Otherwise, it would just be called lightning. Right. Well, I don't like that, though. 
I was always a fan of the White Shadow, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> I think it should be equal. Naturally. Uh-huh. We could call it uh, Cock Lightning. <laughs> if it makes you feel better. I'm pretty sure... I think White Lightning is like a... I think it's something you pour down a drain. Anyway. No, that may be Grease Lightning. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Literally an industrial solvent. Okay. So or there uh, could be the song from Greece. Anyway. Sometimes I feel so defeated. I am well and truly done, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Just wasn't sure. Um, so uh, Helbing also says that Superman's going to get a new costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says originally when you came uh, on for the super, for the, for the crossovers that suit just wasn't built to sustain a series, and I think Justin uh, everything that we were talking about earlier you know Crisis gave us a fresh slate yeah let's make a new suit so there's really uh, there's really going to be a badass Superman suit in this show uh, now Stephen Podcaster wrote in and said uh, what do you think uh, of the rumored description of Tyler Hecklin's new Superman suit. And uh, I don't know this this source or anything, so uh, I will say, unless we're asked specifically about it, we don't really talk about these kinds of rumors. But this person is saying that the the rumor is uh, he's going to have a collar, he's going to have a bigger S, no straps for cape for the cape, uh, and it's the, from the same folks who did the Ralph Kingdom Come suit and the Batflex suit. Uh, I don't know how that would work, but I don't care. That's fine. I didn't have a problem with the CW Superman suit like so many people had, though. I didn't love the straps either, but other than that, it wasn't a big deal for me. Yeah, I, I'll i say, you know, I liked Hecklin's Superman suit uh, more than I like the new Supergirl suit. Mm, no, I, mm, I actually do like that. I'm not, I'm not sure I agree, but eh. I mean, well, I'm very partial to the skirt. Yeah, it has its place. In the kitchen. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm kidding um yeah no i just i don't like the new suit I don't, I'm, not, I'm not crazy about it. it's fine it's not it doesn't make me angry or anything but you know I, I like the old look for supergirl i understand why she doesn't want it anymore uh in real life oh god if i was shooting in canada uh, at certain times wearing that little clothing jesus mm-hmm. christ mm-hmm and, you know, before anyone goes like, oh, Dave just likes to see leg or wants more skin. I don't like the the Supergirl suits where she's showing the midriff. That's weird to me. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Like there's, you know, I felt like the the, the skirted suit for from Super, Supergirl season one to what was it, four or five, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't show off like a whole lot. It was still like a respectable, you know, length. It wasn't just like, here's the eye candy segment of the mm-hmm. CW. Like, I never felt like she was being, you know, objectified. Yeah, I guess I didn't either, but I wasn't looking for that. Yeah. Well, somebody else told me that they felt like the way I'd, I'd, I'd have a hard time necessarily objecting, but it's not where I went with it. Yeah, you know, I mean, we can only, you know, speak for ourselves, really. I mean, that's uh, just the way, just the way it is. Out of those first few seasons, honestly, my favorite uh, commentary on the costume outright was when they're like battle training it, and mm-hmm. that's why they add the cape. Yeah, that was maybe my favorite discussion of the costume until they added pants. 
later, like, oh, you want a pants? Yeah, I want a pants. That's re- good. That reminds me. It's been a really long time since she used that cape to grab so- grab hold of something and yank it. You know, they did all the damn cape tricks. And- they did it, like, every episode, like, three times an episode for, like, ten for episodes. Second. And then it was just, like, and you'll never like- see it again. No, I feel like there was something in the last couple episodes. <laughs> Maybe. I feel like they brought it back very recently. But I'd have to go back and look to be sure. Yeah. I feel like uh, ever since... Feel like sort of like The Flash. Every time, like, I feel like they... Ever since they, they introduced him running around in a circle and then, like... Project, lightning bolt? Yeah, projectile mm-hmm. lightning bolt. They've done it, like, three times an episode ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that your response to everything? Do you microwave burritos at home like that? <laughs> I get it. Same time. You learn a new trick. You're like, I want to use this as much as possible. Right. I want to see the Dragon Ball Z version of of uh, of of the Flash, who he's just like running around. And he goes, lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the Street Fighter version. I don't know. I'm imagining like WWF style, his own commentary track. Mm-hmm. Like obnoxious about it. <laughs> yeah. To the point that right before they're defeated, the villain just rolls their eyes like, Jesus Christ, this shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw, like, one of the funniest videos. Like, and I've thought about it for so so many years. Is, um, someone was like, uh, Power Rangers monsters during transformations or something. And it just, like, it's the Power Rangers, like, screaming, it's morphin' time and screaming the names of their animals and stuff. And then it just like, as they're still going, it cuts back to Mr. Bean, just looking at his watch in the middle of a field somewhere. Okay. I ran across <laughs> this like a few days ago and sent you a link to that. Did you? Is that you? Yeah. I'm not sure if you saw that in the wild sometime back, but <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> it, that had me rolling, man. <laughs> it's just like, and they took like the longest possible like series of clips from the Rangers, like, uh, like morphing and then like Zordon's like introducing a new Zord and Tommy's yeah. using his little flute thing and like then he's like showing how the thing and in the show in Power Rangers like he literally tells them all that while there's like a giant monster just kind of hanging out but yeah. instead of showing the monster they just kept cutting back to Mr. Bean looking more and more bored <laughs> it was Doing, just really funny yeah he was Doing his beaniest to act like he was like setting up for something and then getting more and more like bored and despondent about it not happening. And then finally, when the whole thing's formed, just kind of bicycles out. Yeah. Just nopes out of there. <sighs> All right. Let's, let's get over to Legends. Let's get to Legends. Okay. Uh, they have cast uh, Laseth Chavez as uh, a new character, Esperanza Spooner Cruz who will have a unique role in the team's new fight against space aliens. <laughs> the the crew's name. Is, uh-huh. mm, I'm hoping. What are you hoping? Lantern. Mm, they didn't say Jessica Cruz. I know. I'm just saying the crew's surname. It says, uh, tough and self-sufficient, Spooner Cruz lives off the grid, devising ingenious tech for the detection of and defense against space aliens. Mm, and while... Mind. And while some might call her paranoid, she calls it being prepared. 
A survivor of a childhood alien encounter, Spooner now believes she has the ability to communicate telepathically with aliens, making her the perfect recruit for Wave Rider captains Sarah Lance, Ava Sharp, and the Legends, who, in Season 6, will be hunting down extraterrestrials who have been displaced throughout history. <laughs> mm, never mind. Theory blown. She is a young Latinx woman from maybe, Texas who... Maybe not. Who was, I don't know. We'll see. Who was kidnapped by aliens and has got... Sorry, and has kind of a thirst for vengeance, said uh, Grain Godfrey, the producer, mm. uh, during the fandom panel. And so she's going to come up with the ship and, you know, she's not going to be the lovable losers that we normally have. She's going to be someone who is pretty tough and gives it to the other legends and they're going to all have to react to her. And I think it's going to throw them off their feet a little bit. Okay. I'm in. Yep. Still an outside possibility that we'll see. Mm -hmm. I doubt it, but Mm -hmm. outside possibility that she's some sort of ancestor or something. I mean, experiments with alien tech. Yeah. Apparently her, has a slightly indomitable will, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't talk about this one much, but uh, over to Pennyworth, they had a little fandom panel over there, and apparently uh, Martha Wayne is going to be, or Martha Kane is going to be pregnant in the upcoming season. I did see that. Everyone was talking about baby Batman now, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's Pennyworth. Pennyworth. It might not be. It might not be him. Mm-hmm. It might be Thomas Jr. It might be a little bit of Owl Man. Show's gonna crack me up in like in the last episode if he suits up as Batman. <laughs> fuck it, Alfred's Batman now. Deal with it. Yeah, I don't think you will be, but yeah, I I still need to catch up on Pennyworth. I haven't seen season one yet. Mm-mm. No, it's it's a gap in my schedule too. Mm-hmm. Did you see they they announced that uh, Young Justice was gonna be called Young Justice Phantoms? I did not. Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. Or is that all they said? That's all they said. Well, shit. We don't know if it's going to be on the HBO Max, if it's going to be on DC Universe. I don't know. Mm, that's that. That's actually maybe more interesting than the title. Mm-hmm. Good with uh, Phantoms. You can do a lot with Phantoms. Yeah. Uh, Batman Gotham Knights. You want to talk mm-hmm. about that for a second? They, uh, whew. Sorry. What happened here? I'm a little tired. You good? Racing? Okay. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to be like, whew, well, they canceled the game. No. Uh, they no, lost no. all the uh, the code. Toy Story 3-esque. No. Bailed uh, on the entire thing. Good luck, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the gameplay trailer. No, so the creative director, Patrick Redding, was, they were talking about how they've got, you could, in the trailers and stuff, you've seen, we've seen multiple uh, costumes for everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, they the subject of DLC content came up. And he says, I know it's weird to hear this, uh, because it seems unusual at this point, but we are shipping the game with a lot of that content. And we Fantastic. Really, and we really are focused so much on the game that people will buy and making sure that it gives them a big range in terms of looks, in terms of abilities, in terms of character opportunities. So yeah, it's not something that's only going to be available to people on DLC. That's for sure. There's a good chance that, you know, uh, what was it? 60 bucks was the price point for a new game last time me and, uh, me and you were playing them. Yeah, 60, 70 bucks, something like that. Yeah, you're right. It was a little heavy. All right, so 60, 70. Mm-hmm. I would pay twice that if you told me, no, for real, we don't have DLC planned. It'll be four years and then like a game of the year edition before, even two years in game of the year edition before you see any new content that we don't have planned. This is our best foot forward, and these are our other feet as well. 
Yeah. I would pay double almost for that, maybe. I, I would pay double if they said there will be DLC uh, from time to time, but you won't have to pay for it. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Because there was a point where we were just, it was like probably more than weekly that we were we were buying those Xbox cards so that we could just get new Injustice DLCs. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let's, uh, we've come to the end of the news. Let's get to some listener feedback before we wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob at Bob seven, eight, seven, four, one on Twitter says, is it supposed to be pronounced fan dome or fan dumb? Well, fan dome. I think fan dome is spelled D O M E. Everyone on the fan dome, uh, video said fan dome. I want to follow you there, but what I did not hear in the intro was welcome to fan dome. I get well, it. I didn't see an intro. I just, you know, all the saying. people who talk in between all the, every individual effing panel. Mm-hmm. I heard, heard fandom a lot too. Just, yeah, eh, the word itself could have been fandom. Yeah. Or pronounced yeah. that way. Could have been. I don't think it is. Uh, Chris Balga, mm-hmm. again, of World's Finest True Believers. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Jim Lee putting the final nail in 5G's coffin? Uh, J- yeah, no, Jim Lee, uh, basically said 5g is not a thing that's happening yeah he he um, very much said don't worry about it it's it's not coming your way yeah and what do i think about it i think it's fantastic i thought 5g was a bad idea in the first place i agree it's too early too much um this is one of the didio exit uh fallout things i think yeah perk (laughs) good word for it i was not excited about it because it was like, oh, it's the next reboot where it turns out that Batman and Superman are going to be like 70 years old and they were hanging out with the Justice Society and the first generation. Ugh, it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't sound interesting to me at all. It sounds really frustrating. I, I saw a really good breakdown of what was supposedly a leak of a picture kind mm-hmm. of thing and thought. And yeah, like this is squarely in the Reddit is not a fucking source category of things. But well, you know, I Jim Lee was trying to play it off like oh, it was a possibility, blah 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 blah. No, you had shit planned. You had stuff in marketing for first generation. Like yeah, there was no. a uh, this was happening until the there were balls left. in motion. This was happening until the Dio was gone. Yeah, and it seems like all of you were against it, but the Dio was like, no, it's happening, and so you guys got rid of the Dio. <laughs> <laughs> And said, I'm sorry they got in your way. Scott, what were you planning on again? Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. How many more books do you need to make that happen? Twice as many? Cool. Great. By the way, man, mm-hmm. all the Dark Knights medals figures that McFarlane is coming out with. Oh, holy I'm, I'm, shit. Yeah, it sure looks good. Look good. Oh, my God. On the page, it looks fantastic. Oh, the story. The story. God damn. That story. Yeah. So good. Uh, at my at the earliest convenience, I'm going to have a grim, grim night on my desk. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I'd rather you read the story at some point too. I, I I will get to it. Hopefully, DC Universe will start putting it out in digital they, so I can read it. A lot of it should be. I think a lot of that should be by now. Maybe even even that one shot for him. I probably maybe I suspect it's been over a year since I read that thing. Well, I'll just need to get a checklist together and figure out what I'm what I'm supposed to be doing. I got all kinds of those. Uh, I know you'll have fun though. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll I be know. Wonderful. I know. All right. Um, <laughs> I read the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Oh, oh, the stuff now. Mm. Mm. I mean, I've read spoilers on that too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so if, I, if I'm, unless I just wrote this wrong, Chris Baga also asked, uh, looking at both DC fandom days, what aspects of the event do you want them to keep? And what do you want for them to change slash improve about it? Could you see them moving this to a paid event? And if so, how much should they charge? Um, mm. I want better coordination. So they release big news at Fandom instead of like two or three days before. Yeah. Um, like yeah. like Batfleck coming back, Michael Keaton being official, all that shit. That came out like two days before Fandom. That was horseshit. That should have been <laughs> stuff that happened at, fan, at Fandom, you know? It would, it would have been really nice, yeah. Um, and especially being able to charge for that. Uh, one of the things that I, I would suggest is a lot of what I saw on uh, day one was not even a lot. It, it was all pre-produced content. It was basically an eight-hour movie, mm-hmm. uh, eight-hour hype movie. And a lot of that really was fun and uh, super enjoyable and, and honestly informative and some of it even news. But um, being able to bounce around... In the meantime, like mm-hmm. between segments or even while a segment's kind of wrapping up and you're like, yeah, I get it. And I'm going to go over here and spend three minutes in this little thing and dive around, which was the original intent. Yeah. But I feel like they just, they added a ton both ways. And that was great for uh, certain things. But yeah, I, uh, the only thing is like, just being someone who is can't sit and stare at something for eight hours without a, an insane amount of effort. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of effort for me. Yeah. A little bit of bouncing around and, and would have been fun. But I don't know. That so, would have helped me out a lot. Yeah. I'm glad they changed it to two days at the last minute. Yeah. But honestly, like the second day was so boring. Keeping it uh, movie, TV, comics both times mm-hmm. maybe is a, a thing to experiment with yeah i mean i feel like there was i mean i loved the i loved the on-demand aspect of it so i don't want to ever see this eight hour movie thing again ever um i don't that was a legitimate i don't know (laughs) that was was hard for me to do i never want to deal with that again i don't want to deal with the schedule this is an online event I should be I mean, able the to schedule access. schedule was at least less stressful. I didn't have to worry about what I was getting in and out of. Was, Absolutely. Yeah, um, turn it on. The other thing, though, is, you know, on the second day, stuff that I actually cared about was, like, buried. Like, the Flash stuff about, like, the movie Flash stuff, the Q&A, was, like, mm-hmm. buried on the second tab way down the line. Like, yeah, yeah. near the bottom of the page. Um, so, a lot of that kind of stuff was, was kind of just, like, like the Patty Jenkins Q&As and stuff. You, like... I had spent hours being bored out of my mind, you know, with stupid shit that didn't mean anything, didn't have anything, you know, announced. And then I'm like, oh, well, okay, here's this thing that I should have, I would have been way more excited about. And if I was still half awake, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so Were I conscious, I might've been in, I think if they next time, and I think there will definitely be a next time, um, numbers look good. Especially for the first one. And the numbers were great for the first one. I don't know about this one. I haven't looked into it, but uh, I th- I think they should do it on a three day weekend. You know, like we just had <laughs> the one that just snuck in there. Yeah, the I, one that they did. That they literally and... did it on the opposite sides of like, oh, we're gonna do Fandom three day weekend, and then another Fandom. Yeah, it's hard to fit stuff into three day weekends though. Same reason we were talking about before. Like, why? 
you get a holiday of any kind, even three-day weekend, and it's just, it's physically difficult to fit stuff in. There's stuff you're expected to do with, you know, the family. It's barbecue or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot. But, 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 but if they uh-huh. did it, like make it available at 12 p.m. on a Friday and then mm-hmm. extend it to 12 p.m. on a Tuesday, you got a, a you got like a stretch period there. So, you know, how like Black Friday's kind of become uh, Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. Maybe something like that. Yeah. I say like, you know. Like over the weekend, here park yourself here from time to time. Over the weekend, we're going to give you this and that and whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, come, but you know, by X time, Sunday night or Monday, it's all available. Do whatever you want. Go crazy. And hear, yeah, you know, the news has already hit the airwaves anyway. Because they had like airwaves. little, they had stupid. little games and shit, and like you know, oh, kids can learn how to make Green Lantern origami, and you know, all sorts I of. I tried shit to that play had... through that Joker game once, and it kind of failed on me. I had some real troubles. Yeah, and I Getting think stuff. I think some of this was like for as successful as it was, a lot of it was half baked, and I would like to see them do it without Corona restrictions. I would like to see them really do it where they're like controlling their uh, their news, like because they had to film it, in, uh, you know, in advance. And then, yeah. like, even though they could do like go live, I'm assuming they would be able to. They should be able to go live. You know, they didn't do any of that. So you just have like them like telling people, like dropping some news on Twitter here and there and saying it's part of fandom, even though it's not on the fandom page or anything. Um, and then it's going to be tempting for them, though, to try to put their success into the old format a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. well, we should hold an event. Maybe, maybe you should. Maybe we just learned from what you actually did that was successful. Yeah. Three weeks ago, they did, you know. We, we got a bunch of great news that dropped and they should have just had like an addendum with a live feed saying, hey, Ben Affleck's back. <laughs> you know, like, don't drop that shit early. Don't tell us <sighs> a fandom where we all care. Like the one thing with Affleck that I've looking back, I've thought is like he did actually he had a tiny little, you know, his own little piece of the Zoom introduction. Mm hmm. Um, he was technically a part of it. And afterward, if there had been no mention, well, you know, all the, the various uh, sources and, and, uh, and bloggers or whatever you want to call it would have gone crazy. And if they couldn't coordinate it in the present, meaning they couldn't actually have him come online to talk about it or do it in Zoom or whatever the hell they were going to do, and they knew that they couldn't have it ready to go so that going past the event, that you know, uh, that they already had the news ready, like... You know, getting out in front of it and having it hit the, he was, it was Hollywood Reporter. It was a, wasn't it? Or Variety. It was one of the, you know, the major mm. reliable sources that came out with it, I thought. Yeah, I don't remember which one it was. But either way, by the time the actual event happened and you saw a snippet of Ben Affleck, it, it already had some context and mm-hmm. it wasn't so loaded. Right. I'll give it that. I'll give it that as a moment. Yeah. As a, a reason to possibly usurp that. No, but I, I legitimately don't think they should charge anything. Have ads, have sponsors, have better merch. Uh, you know, keep your keep your prints. That's fine, but I want cheaper posters. Like, man, I would have loved to have had that Jim Lee fandom, the Batman poster, like on like a ten dollar poster, as opposed to like a you know twenty dollar eight by ten or a hundred and fifty dollar framed. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm not doing that shit. 
I'm not doing that shit. Yeah, there was. Give me a $10 poster that I can like roll up or like just put in a cheap frame and put on my wall. You know how much I, w- how much more I would have spent if there was a little more variety in the products? Yeah. Because I would have yeah, spent a that. whole lot more money. I'm sick. I have a problem. Um, I want less bullshit games. I don't want any more of this black lightning cast does nineties trivia horse shit. Like that's boring. <laughs> it I, just is. That was probably more zoom than anything else. I was, I was, yeah, I was talking to, uh, to Matt Carroll and he was just like, uh, he's like, that's some Jimmy Fallon shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> you didn't watch the, um. Any late night during the writer's strike? Hell, man. I mean, oh. shit got weird. Yeah, I stopped watching. I don't. I didn't. I didn't watch it before. Uh, I was okay with like the the weird DVD extras, where it was just like, hey, we don't have an actual thing here, so let's just put on an extra from Justice League Doom. But mm-hmm. I didn't have necessarily a problem with that. What I did have a problem with was there a little like Bob Kane documentary from like that was clearly made before you know everyone was like oh hey bill finger let's uh give him credit too because it was just all about how bob kane was just like this wonderful guy who loved to help people and and like didn't want he hated the idea of anyone being in poverty and stuff and i'm just like yeah everybody except for the guy that actually created batman Mm -hmm. like this is tone deaf as shit these days or or i mean even Siegel and Schuster, like right, relative or abject poverty, depending on your definition. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I've I've got a lot of like fandom was fun on that on that first day for sure, and it was, there was some it had its highlights in the second day, but uh, good lord, there there was some it was boring this last time. This, you know, what it had though that really is above and beyond anything else, it's like being able to actually have a real time experience. Um, COVID aside, being able to have a real-time experience with other people mm-hmm. without having to actually do the thing that's almost impossible to do, which is get up and all go to a city together and yeah. make that thing happen real-time. That was nice. That was. I that really nice. enjoyed that part. Um, so, yeah, there, 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 there are pros and cons. I'm not trying to be an entitled asshole fan. Like, I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was a little rough this time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Some stuff played better. With one method than mm-hmm. it does with the other. Uh, so Stephen Podcaster uh, asks us, will you guys be joining us for the hashtag Henry Cowell Superman campaign part two on November 7th? He says, uh, myself and at We Want Superman started a campaign for Henry Cavill Superman. First round was September 7th, where we got around 46,000 on trending. The aim is to show AT&T and WB that we still want Henry in the cape and for them to let us know his status. We're going for our second round on November 7th. Well, I've now given you a plug. Mm -hmm. Seems like the only requisite is to mention something positive when the time comes about a character and a portrayal that I already like. So not hard, not hard to commit to for me. Yeah, sure. Um, I feel good about this because what's happened is I've said something on the show about it Mm -hmm. and given you guys a plug. Because chances are, I will not remember on November 7th (laughs) to pay attention to any of that. So your ass is covered. So I tried. Um, (laughs) You know, people who listen to this show know I have a shitty memory. I've got the old (laughs) Sam Beckett Swiss cheese memory thing going on. 
so like usually I will like get off work, come home and around 1 a.m. I'll look at Twitter and realize I missed a thing and went, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In true Sam Beckett fashion. I don't know why I'm suddenly mm-hmm. like channeling Quantum Leap, but. No, I'm into it. I'm good. I love Quantum Leap, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's delightful. <laughs> I have it all on Blu-ray. Did you know? 85% chance Ziggy says it's good to go. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, Matthew Salvatore at Pure Genius Lego. By the way, he just put up a, ge- uh, a genius version of the Batman trailer, but made in Lego that he animated, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, go check that out. Um, I don't know where he keeps his time machine that he got that done. I don't know, man, because he's always re- he's like Johnny on the spot retweeting our shit, like and commenting on everybody else. So I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I, I can't keep that, dude. Like, what pills are you taking? Let me know. Uh, I need him. <laughs> I need him. Um, it is beyond my capabilities. Yeah, I uh, let me know what you're doing, and because uh, I damn sure know it ain't the power of prayer. I've been the doing that for years. Contact information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Matthew says, if you had to guess, what do you think the Riddler's motivations are in the Batman? The no more lies is intriguing. I assume the uh, corruption of Gotham. I, I haven't thought about it much, but it's just such a corrupt city. I just would work backwards from there. Yeah. I'm, I'm I know that the official line is that uh, Paul Dano was playing the Riddler, but I... I think it's Ray Fisher under that mask. <laughs> <laughs> the guy under the, the guy under the tape is is Joss Whedon, I'm pretty sure, or Jeff Johns. Yeah, I thought it'd be the uh, other way around. Yeah. Um, no more lies. I, I don't know. I think uh, his motivations are for truth to happen instead of lies. I'm just being a dick. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, corruption. You know, your standard everyday corruption. Yeah, I mean, you get the feeling it's going to be. I hate to sound boring with this, but it's really just like I said. You'd walk backwards from this. It's it's Gotham. Mm-hmm. It's it's always been shitty. You know how many good men after all that? What? Right. Yeah. So I'm gonna stick with that and see where that gets me. Yeah, I just every time someone says this is Gotham, I don't think of the show Gotham like I should, mm-hmm. because they said that every episode. Mm-hmm. What I think is that first episode of Batman '66. When, when, you know, high diddle riddle, man, when mm-hmm. Gordon is like, is there any man here who has the answer, who can do the thing? And all those cops just stand there and then like drop their heads. Just hang their heads solemnly. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's what I thought. And like walks over the bat phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that might be, I my, mean, that might be my favorite scene in all of Batman. It's a cartoon of a version, but it's still just deadly accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Jay Scotty St. Clair says, seeing as how we didn't get any new film trailers this time around. <laughs> oh, wait, we've already said this on the show. Yeah, that was earlier. Yeah, this was earlier. Well, I think that we're done. <laughs> okay. I think that we're done. Quite a change. Okay. <laughs> I thought we had another question. We don't. Nope. It's late. Let's call it. All right. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> and I'm, being here at this point. Yeah. Until next time. Three hours time. in, as we sometimes are. Until next time. Keep some DC on your screen. Bye.
Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. want cash. You want to get stuff done. So what do you do? You buy 5-Hour Energy, of course. You upload the receipt to 5hewin.com, then find out if you've instantly won 10, 100, or even $1,000. Then you drink that 5-Hour Energy and cut through your to-do list like a hot knife through butter. 5-Hour Energy, the official sponsor of getting stuff done. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 and a legal resident of the U.S. Ends June 30th, 2021. For rules, visit 5hewin.com slash rules. Void where prohibited. Message and data rates may apply. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.